0: Please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist podcast. Jim. Hello,
1: David. I, I, uh, <laughs> as we were just discussing I'm, before the show started, where you're a little, we were uh, disgusting. I mean, probably, um, before the show started, uh, I was, I'm going to move my microphone. I was uh, sure. telling Jim that I went down the looper rabbit hole today.
0: Oh, good. And, God.
1: um, so last week, Last week, I reached out to uh, wonderful uh, Guitar Center rep, uh, Robert Jackson. I've been kicking around the idea of um, – actually, so I back up. Everybody knows I've been doing Twitch. we talked about it on the show. Um, and I'm thinking, like, I want to get away from doing the pre-programmed backing track, and I want to do this thing that I've had in my head for a while, which is to play backing tracks, but that are, like, based on verse, chorus, bridge, and then use – you know, I'm going to play the verse now. And then play the verse, and then maybe let the verse go on a few extra measures, so I can do some, you know, something different and be more spontaneous, to get more of the um, the live band, you know, kind of working together sort of feel going, but also just to let myself not be bored as shit. I mean, honestly, it can be really boring yeah. playing the tracks. Um, so I went down and I and I actually just started doing a little bit of research, and I. Uh, there was a couple of really cool candidates. The Eros looper was the one that ended up like being at the top of my list. So I got a quote on it and I got a pretty good price and I got, uh, that would have been integrated with the beat buddy who is also made by singular sound who makes the Eros looper. So they control each other. If you do a fill on the Eros looper or I'm not fill, but if you change parts on the looper, it's going to change parts on the beat buddy and vice versa. And they both stop at the same time. And there's a lot of really cool ways that those products talk to one another. Um, So let me explain why I didn't end up going down this path and why I won't be going down this path. So, all was fine and good until last night. I couldn't sleep. I was just up and doing stuff because I was not feeling well. And I was on the internet and I said, yeah, I'm going to join the Eros Loopers user, user group to see what's up. And then I started reading through articles and forum posts and realizing that this is clearly a product that's in beta testing and being sold to end users and i didn't like it like that that immediately is a bad taste in my mouth it's like wait so you're using people who put and we're not talking a little bit of money i mean the arrow was 600 people who put down people who put down money on a product are getting an incomplete product and this thing came out i think at the end of 2019 Jeez. and there's been three firmware updates already um, and they've all added like tons of functionality to the, the unit but a lot of these things that they're functionality upgrades are really just things that you should normally have in a looper, which is why I'm like this is just messed up So I here's what I need all right I need part based functionality and I was hoping for three parts first bridge chorus. Obviously we're going to get into why that can't happen right now um, in a bit. But uh, I was looking for that. I was looking for MIDI synchronization so I could run a, an external drum machine of some sort. And so in, th- in this case it would have been the Beat Buddy. Um, and I was looking for um, I have my spreadsheet. I can read off of my spreadsheet and that will make this much easier on me. MIDI clock sync. I was looking for um, three serial tracks or three parts, you know, that's basically a serial track, so one plays after the other if you, if when you once you trigger it. And then uh, I wanted to be able to do pre-recorded stuff just so I can continue to use the existing tracks I already have in situations where that's appropriate. Uh, I don't want to have two loopers. If I'm going to invest, you know, $600 in a unit, it should be able to play back my pre-recorded material. So, loopers years and years ago, when I first started playing, like I used loopers a lot. I used to sit in my house with a looper and play keyboards and do the whole one man band thing by myself. Just pass the time. Um, And back then I had like an RC30 XL or something. Uh, It was was an old boss unit with the two button, you know, uh, job. And it just came out when I got it. Uh, and I think I had something before that, but but there weren't many, right? And back then, 20 seconds of loop time was like, holy crap, you know? Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was built into a lot of like the Digitech, uh, the, the the Zoom uh, pedal and the Digitech pedal. They'd have like 20 or 30. I think the biggest ones were like 30 or 40 seconds. Of
1: yeah. Time. Yeah. Which just seems insane by today's standards. Right. Um, because it's like, Today, I mean, I, my boss RC three, which is on reverb right now, it's back there on the thing, um, is uh, I think it's got an hour of time on it, one hour flat. Uh, maybe, maybe I think two. that's
0: true in Canada. It's three. Yeah,
1: it might be two. I don't. I don't know. And then the, the I know the the Digitech unit that I had before was limited by the size of the card. Um, so if you put a bigger yeah. card in you could go longer and I think I was at you know, six hours or something um, but um, so those are the three core functions right so here's where the arrows failed uh, it actually has a MIDI clock sync yes it has number of serial tracks yes it's able to do pre-recorded playback it is not a performance looper you can't do things on it without bending over And on top of that, well, you can do them. Oh, just use our MIDI controller at another $300. $900 to get this functionality. So I said, well, I can get any MIDI controller and program. I'm not an idiot. So I started looking, and I looked at their their MIDI control manual. You need one button to go into song select mode. You need one button to bank up. You need one button bank down, and you need one button to select. So that means you're at a four-button MIDI foot switch to control this damn thing. I'm like, that's ridiculous. What? Well, where did you get this idea that that was how you should implement MIDI on this product? I've yeah. never seen a MIDI implementation where you can't just change patches by sending a program a program changer or a uh, continuous controller message. Usually yep. that's why they have. If you ever wonder why your, your devices have like 129 presets or whatever, it's because 0 through 128. It's MIDI. That's why. That's why you do that. That's why you have banks. Right, I, it's the same thing, like because it's a way to divide up those 128 presets. Um, so,
0: <sighs> by the way, your RC3 does three hours. It's the three hours. Ninety-nine is <laughs> three hours. Okay, okay. And I think that's built in. You don't. Have, there are no. That's car- the one nice thing no about the RC3. On, there yeah. are no
1: cards involved in the RC3. It's both. It's a double-edged sword because you can't. You can't. You can't <laughs> You can't just swap cards to get different songs and performances, and yep. you it's you have to plug it into your computer to back it up and move content. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I have but,
0: a Digitech, uh, the Jamman.
1: I have a Jamman XT solo. It's in a box so, over there, also being sold.
0: Um, yeah, no, this is the four button. The stereo something or other. Yeah, that's um, the big guy.
1: The, the bigger yeah, version. And it does way way
0: everything out. I need it to do. I can go up, down, select the all that stuff so the problem so
1: Jamman's great i wish i wish digitech yep. hadn't been bought by samsung and plundered because once oh, Samsung I know, bought right? them they just they just basically cannibalize that company that they honestly yeah. the, the jam man product line i'm seeing people that are selling things like the eros to go back to Jamman products that are yeah. they're only available used
0: and and the um uh Uh, The person that I was referring to earlier uses three Jamman XTs. He yeah has them synced,
1: so they can have three separate loops. And that was something I thought about doing, but you have to turn one off to turn the other one on to turn the you know it's like it's a lot of tap dancing. Yep, I'm not opposed to doing it. If I need if I need another um, product to go down that path, that's not something I'm opposed to doing. It's just I. Uh, man, it, it's just there's a lot of a lot of power supplies on the floor. That's a lot of because yep. uh, um those are digital pedals. You you're gonna have to buy a separate power supply. Um, yep, I was gonna mount all this stuff on a separate well,
0: board too. Yeah, unless you get one that's got multiple 300 milliamp outputs.
1: <laughs> right, right. You can get that. I mean, I almost yeah. everybody makes one yeah. now. But but the problem is, I'm gonna have two boards. <laughs> you know, like that's and and that's. Um, yeah, yeah, to keep the cost down, I want to avoid as much extra 300 milliamp, you know, or or higher yeah. support requirements and all that stuff. But anyway, yep. um, so the fact that this is not a performance looper basically killed it for me because I'm like, that's the only reason I'm buying it, other than to do the track playback. I don't want to be producing songs with a damn looper. I I don't understand where the market for this is. And I know there are probably people in our group. They're like, no, but this is the best primary songwriting tool. Listen, you're probably right. But for someone like me who already has money in the recording equipment and DAW, I have multiple, DAWs. I own multiple DAWs. Let's just put it out there. Okay. Um, it doesn't make sense for me to buy a looper as my main production vehicle when I have field recorders and, you know, all kinds of other, no, stuff.
0: No. um, no. So I'm surprised you didn't go with the, what is the big RC that has the, the big wide floor model? It's like $500. We're going there. All right. Okay, so okay. I'm going to give you the
1: breakdown of why I didn't go with any of these specific models, why I haven't bought anything yet. And I'm still kind of on the fence. Um, okay. The Boss RC5, that's the RC3 I already have with MIDI basically. Um, and it's got a different display and stuff. I mean, it's, it's a generalization, but, but it's essentially fits the same product line. It's just got MIDI on it now. Um, and it's more expen- It's slightly more expensive. Um, they still do the RC3, but I don't think they're going to continue to do it long-term. Um, the RC- no, because they
0: came out with a new one.
1: Yeah, that's the RC5. Okay. But here's the right. issue. Uh, I could not get anywhere in the manual where it says that you can bank up, bank down, and have it finish the current loop to play the next loop. That would be serial looping. You could do that. The Jamman allows you to do that. Okay. Yep. Um, you can't do pre-recorded playback. Which, that's not going to help. That's not... Or, or, no, you can do pre-recorded playback. That's fine. Uh, and, and it has MIDI clock sync. So, if I can't get confirmation that I can do serial
0: tracks with it, it's pretty much dead in the water. Um, well, yeah. I, I would I, think that the, the RC500, which is their latest... Oh, we're going there. The MIDI. I, I'm going to I'm talk to all of them. All right, I've, I've right. literally looked at every looper that's available for both Sweetwater
1: and Guitar Center. And and others, actually. Um, so the RC10R that's got midi clock sync fine most of them do actually uh number of serial mm-hmm. tracks two right and it's it, it is the I'll tell you right now before we go there it is the leading contender and I, and we'll back up why the RC500 again yes significant price upgrade 150 bucks I think or 100 bucks from the from the the 3 or the 10R and from the, the 10R, 500 yeah. only has two serial tracks Yep. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna take a step back before we talk about any of the EHX stuff. We're gonna take a step back and we're actually gonna talk about the boss RC series and what's screwed up about what boss has done lately. Um so boss makes the RC five, they make the five hundred. I think the five hundred came out first, the R C five just came out, the R C ten R has been out for about a year. The, so the five hundred comes out and everybody's like, Oh yeah, great. They they expanded the record time, it replaces the the old three hundred series. Um or not the 300 the, the 30 series. The 300's 30. the big guy, right? We'll get there too. Yeah. But um so it, I'm surprised the 300 still being made, quite frankly, cuz it's using the old school foot switches and um yep. it's kind of their old school architecture. So um anyway, the 10R in it, the 10R comes out in between the the uh 500 and the 5. It has rhythms on it, right? Which which the other one yeah. has too. The the 500 yeah. has too. Here's the difference. The 10R is general MIDI. You can send MIDI messages to it and play it like a rhythm machine. So in other words, I can sit here with my computer controller and I can play drum beats if I want to. I'm not going to do that. But there's more. Um, You can actually take your MIDI files, run them through a conversion program, and plop them right on the device and play your own rhythms from the device. MIDI rhythms using the internal drum kits on it. Um, Yeah. Now, I initially couldn't find out much information about this feature. Somebody mentioned it to me I went, it does that? And I dug around and I found the software and I found a little bit of documentation that says, this is what you do. Um, it's not in the user's manual. It's in oh, no. like the – it's not even a procedure's manual, but it's like a like a settings guide or something. And it's like, what the hell? Why can't you just put it all in one manual, boss? Um, so that's the leading contender right now because that would save me from having to buy a beatbox because I can – drop my MIDI stuff in there all day long. Um, So the 500 doesn't make sense because it's the big boy in the lineup, the most expensive unit, and it's lacking huge features. It's a, it's a two-step serial looper, just like the, the, the 10 R, but you can't do anything with the rhythms in it. You're stuck with the stock patterns that come in the unit or ones you get from boss tone studio, but you can't import. It just seems like nuts to me. I'm like, why didn't they? Why didn't they go back and issue a firmware revision, firmware revision so as not to screw their customers that spent all the money on the 500 series version? Because it's boss. They don't do firmware revisions. Uh, revisions. If you don't like the product when you buy it, just don't buy it. Um, which is exactly the reason I'm not buying arrows. Because I'm sure at some point they're going to figure out that their MIDI implementation is jacked up and fix it. But I am not going to pay for the product until I know it's been done. That's crazy. Um, not going to sit there and wait.
0: So I, yeah, I, I think the 500 is, is, it's a different niche. I think the five, the fifth, what is it? The 50 or whatever, 550, 500 is different from the 110 R. and I'm willing to bet you they're going to come out with a 100, which will be, like I said, they're different things. They're doing different things.
1: I I Um, mean, the only difference I see in the way that they're marketed is the RC-10R, R stands for Rhythm, okay? Yeah. And um, the RC-500 is supposed to be their their big boy looper box now. That's my impression when it came out, which I was sort of like kind of taken aback, was that it was supposed to replace the RC-300, the RC 300 yeah. is the most expensive looper they make. And it is the big yep. boy. It has three separate tracks on it. So you can, you can have super three, ser- three serial loops. It's like, it's 500 bucks. It's no, no yeah. more expensive than the than the is. Um, right. For its time, it was like, who the hell buys that? Somebody who wants right. to do whole band looping. Um, but the reality is, on that particular product, the software is old. The device itself is old. It doesn't do right. MIDI clock in. It only does MIDI clock out, if I recall. I don't think, it's, is, I don't the, think it's
0: long for this world.
1: Right. Honestly. Which is why I'm like, I'm really shocked that they, that they haven't phased this thing out already in favor of something. Well,
0: they dropped using, the price.
1: I Because the price
0: would, used to be higher. I yeah, thought go ahead.
1: They, I thought they were using the GT1000 shell. I thought they would take that and then they would build like a head right. rush loop board competitor. Um, right. I think the most expensive I ever saw was 600 bucks. I don't think they were that bad in price. I think people assumed they were because it was just a looper. Like that's all it did. You're I, gonna spend six hundred dollars on a looper? That's pretty nuts. I mean,
0: I yeah, I I thought I saw them upwards of seven hundred, but maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the other. Maybe it was the it was the um, what do you call it? The the one you just mentioned that was seven hundred. Yeah. The um, head rush.
1: So. The Headrush Looper Board is $800. It's $799.
0: Yeah. And they've had that thing on sale for almost half that, by the
1: way. Yeah, because because they can't sell them. It's it's a pariah. Okay? You built a product that everybody probably wants, but nobody's going to spend the cash on. Uh, And actually, I've looked at it. It's got some advantages, but it also has some drawbacks. Um, It does MIDI clock sync. It has, you know, I think it has three serial loops it, may, it might be four. Um, you can yeah. do pre-recorded playback on it, obviously. It, it'll do time stretching. It'll do stuff that none of these other products will. But who the hell wants that form factor? I mean, it's the size of a house. I need, yeah. I would not only need a second board, I'd need a roadie to carry the damn thing. Um, I, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's as big as a regular head brush.
0: I mean, it's right. it's ridiculously large.
1: So there yeah. are options that completely failed the tests I was looking at, too. Um, Like, coming close, you know, having the serial tracks, but not having three of them. I considered those up. I'll consider these. Um, There were some products I didn't consider. So, the EHX 22500 has no MIDI clock sync. It has two serial loops, but no MIDI clock sync. The hell, it's useless. Um, The EHX 9500, or 95,000, Seriously, are we doing it to the point now where it's like we're going to be the fake '80s car name in the movie? You know, the XJ nine nine thousand or whatever, whatever. Um, the EHX ninety five thousand, which is probably the, ne- the amount of seconds or something it holds or milliseconds. Right. Um, right. Is is it, that electro harmonics? Yes. It does. Midi clock. It has no serialized looping, but it has eight tracks. You can do eight tracks as long as it comes out in the stereo pair. And so there are thought processes where you can just mute the ones you don't want playing. No. yeah, No, I mean, I get it, but why can't you just build the damn software to do what people want it to do? Um, yeah, I don't know. And then it has pre-recorded playback, obviously. Um, I've
0: always wondered, because every time I see someone who really loops, they have multiple loopers. And... Um, they're like using said, the first synchronization
1: that, method to do
0: that. Yeah, the um, person we're going to have on the on the show later uses multiple loopers, and the the thing that um, I, I find troublesome is for the price of some of these high end loopers, it's ridiculous that you have to go through so many steps to go to like they should know. Hey, people want they're going to have a. a intro that the possible things you're probably you're going to have to do loops at the minimum you're going to have a chorus um and a verse and and most people are going to have a chorus verse bridge and a lot of other people going to have a core or an intro um intro, verse, verse chorus, chorus bridge.
1: bridge outro yeah
0: and impossible outro yeah
1: so the aeros actually would cover that because it has six parts so you, you could do six parts with up to six tracks each I mean it's just psycho how how functional that pedal is. Mm. But the user interface, despite being a touchscreen. Oh, it's a touchscreen. It's got a great user face. Bullshit. I shouldn't have to touch that interface when I'm on stage. That's ridiculous. It doesn't make right. any goddamn sense. Um yep. so it's the same thing John Bot talks about in the group all the time. Where how did they orient the the uh the knobs on the amp? Are they on right. the top or are they on the
0: front? On, and he's yep. got a good point, you know, <laughs> on the back, on the bottom of the back. Right. <laughs> like Gibson, you know, um, Gibson. you mean the you mean the Mesa?
1: Yeah. Um, no, but- uh, Gibson before Mesa. Um, I guarantee you if they reissue some of those amps, those knobs will not be on the bottom,
0: not be there. Um, yeah. I, I would hope not.
1: So there are two boutique options I looked at, too, which I was really excited about because I'd looked at these before. Uh, I looked at <coughs> the boomerang infinity looper, which is like the boutique option. Uh, right, right, right. I believe that's made by like one dude in New York or some some crap. Uh, I don't know if he's ordering. Oh them yeah, the
0: boomerang. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. So they're up. That's to popular.
1: Boomerang model three, and it has graced yeah. the hands of some seriously great players over the years. Uh, Jim Campbell Long was a big boomer- boomerang user. He does all kinds of crazy wacko stuff with it. And yep. uh, Tosin Abashi uses one. Uh, yep,
0: they're very popular.
1: And But here's the thing. <laughs> I can have four serialized loops. I can have MIDI clock sync, but I can't do pre-recorded playback, which makes it completely useless. They have only internal memory. There is no SD card slot. You can't take your loops off of it. It is considered a phrase sampler. And because of that, yeah. because of that, it... it which is hilarious to me, because if you've ever played with played with an actual sampler, you can save crap on that until you're blue in the face, and usually there's some way to get your stuff in and
0: out of it. So well, you, you you can bet uh, not the out part, but the in part is they're doing the old way, which was we had to hook up um, one of these cables. Yeah, but you can't save and it, to- Jim.
1: That's the I know. Like so, you you literally can't save it. You have to sample on the fly every time you do it, and that's why I'm like, this is the, even the MPC, the Akai MPC, like the first sample based beat production system. You could save your samples, <laughs> so you could go yeah. back and use them again. So I don't know what they're what what how how high they were when they came up with that idea. Um, Because there are three iterations in. They could have added an SD card slot at any time in that that process. Um, And I'm sure – so, that like, my my impression of the the boomerang over the years has been that – because it was one of the first – it was, like, one of the first really well-liked ones. Um, My impression was when they were, you know, like, we need to really update to stay up with the competition. It was kind of like, do we dare change things? Because, like, some of these guys are going to be like, why the hell are you changing it? Um, and so that's kind of where they held off. And I would say right now the phrase the boomerang phrase sampler looks great, like the the three. If you don't need to do pre recorded playback, and you don't care whether your stuff gets lost every time you use it, that is yep. the one you want. Um, yep. And honestly, like I really wouldn't mind having that, but I need the pre recorded playback too. And I and have, they don't have it. to do some soul searching. In terms of like whether I'm willing to spend 450 bucks on a product that doesn't have everything I want. Um, so the, the other one is the Pictronics Infinity. The Infinity is very similar to the Boomerang in a lot of ways. It's got some cool stuff going on. It's got MIDI sync. It's got two serialized loops. It has a lot of quantization options. but And it will do pre-recorded playback. But it's only two serialized loops. And it may be discontinued. Because... Oh, gee. Uh, If you didn't know, I don't think we reported on this show, but Absara Audio was purchased by another company, Uh, Dave over there, Dave Absara, maybe, I I think that's his last name. I think he actually is Absara, Uh, sold the company. Uh, He sold Supro and Pigtronics, I believe, at the same time. And um, so Boomerang Infinity Looper has Infinity Looper version 2, which has no clock sync. No clock sync. So it's like they took the most important feature out of it, and then they just, nah, we don't need that. Guitarists don't care about MIDI. We don't care about MIDI anymore. I mean, some of us do. Probably half the market, maybe maybe a quarter of the market, actually would like to have MIDI available to them. Um, But apparently not. So here's where I'm at right now. I think the RC-10R is where my money should go. It's not an expensive pedal. It's going to give me basic rhythm functionality. It's MIDI syncable. It gives me two loops. It's decent audio quality. It's Having the general MIDI functionality is a bonus. I can probably parlay that for a while, and then at some point I can upgrade. I can get something else. Because uh, right now, none of these things do what I want them to do. And Jim, like you were saying, I basically designed a component a project a, a project a product in my head today, which is that give me a goddamn looper with three serialized loops in a compact fiddle format that has an interface that I can do everything without touching the damn thing. Like this
0: is just ridiculous. Again, again, you get to where it, it's like it's almost as if they never talk to someone who uses loopers. No, it's it's I, Or they've never used a looper.
1: I think it's because, all
0: cost compromise. I think these companies look at it and
1: go, we can't build that looper because it's going to cost X amount of dollars and it's not going to hit our target price point. Stop with the target price points. I will pay. I am willing to throw down. I had a quote for for gear for all of this stuff for almost $1,000. And I was like, screw it. Like, I'll pay for it. Because I'm just at the point where like this product should exist. I should have a way to accomplish my vision, <laughs> and and it doesn't exist. It literally doesn't exist, um, or at least I haven't found it yet. And it's been suggested by several people. Just use Ableton. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real angry. I'm gonna. I don't want
0: to. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have <laughs> Boomer Dave mode, um, which is that. It's not gonna happen. I mean, I'm talking about it's not gonna happen. Ableton is not the thing I would use. No hell. Why no. would you why Why would you want to drag a fucking laptop to a gig? That's exactly what I'm saying. Why I, would you drag a fucking laptop to a gig? I, I know a lot of people who do it, and
1: like I'll be real with you for a minute. If you're doing that in a bar band, my hat's off to you. You are you are amazing. the The level of like your I don't want, I, your tenacity at this because you're basically just assuming your computer is going to work. And yeah. I have been in situations where my computer has let me down and a live gig is not one where I want that to be the case. Um, and I have been doing it work for the better part of 15 years, almost 20 years now, actually probably closer to 20 years now. Um, and I can tell you if you're taking a laptop to a gig, you're just waiting for it to fail. It's going to happen. you yeah. bring two of them with you. You're just waiting well, for it to happen. <clears throat> exactly. Um, So then, you know, and if you're, if you're a looper based artist and that's all you do, it's like you and your acoustic guitar, the hell are you going to do with Ableton Live when, when, when your laptop goes down, you're just going to sit there and be like, well, I guess you're just going to hear me playing rhythm all night.
0: Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I can understand, let's say, all right, you could probably get a Bluetooth MIDI control, Bluetooth device controller. But again, like you just said, you gotta have a laptop that it, that is that is all it's doing. Yeah, well, and that that's, better be the only thing it ever does for you. That's what you would be doing. If it you goes would, down, there goes your gig.
1: You would take you would take Ableton out and a laptop or a, on a laptop with a controller and an interface, and yep. all of the crap that you have to have in your home studio to make your shit happen now has to go with you to every gig. That sounds insane to me. Um, yeah, but you
0: <laughs> know what? We don't live in a DJ world, and these DJ people. They, they uh, um, I say it like they're they're some kind of alien. Um, these folks that do DJ stuff, they're used to bring. They bring a the laptop to everything. Oh, I know. They live on that stuff. I know. And I've also seen DJs
1: fail, which yeah. that's a whole other can of worms. When your computer, when your computer crashes, or your hard drive has bad sectors on it, and stuff's not playing back, and you know iTunes is not functioning properly or whatever software you're using for playback is not functioning properly in your live situation. What do you do yeah. then? What do you do then? You sit there and you look at the audience and you go, "Um, uh, does anybody have an iPad?" You know, like eh. uh, I it's it's just nuts to me. Um yep. that's why you should have two. Um yep. Now, in this case, I'm like looking at I'm looking at these loopers and I'm going, "Bang for buck, I'm looking at Um, the compromises I can live with I think I can live with two serialized loops over you know not having MIDI clock sync because then I can't connect a beatbox if I want to at some point or or whatever I want to connect to it Um, if I want to put a sampler on it or anything like that and then pre-recorded playback um, I need to have that because when we get out of the pandemic I'm probably not going to have a band right away so um, it makes more sense to continue down that path at least for the short term until i figure out you know what that situation looks like but i mean this is just i it just it's still it's still just jaw dropping to me that they have there's literally an 800 dollar looper pedal on the market that makes no sense and then like from like 800 to 500 dollars they're all missing something and then from 500 dollars yeah. on down like, it's like, it's a crapshoot as to what you get. There's, there, you, know, you don't get what you pay for. I mean, no. I would, I think you'd be dumb to buy an RC500 right now, to be honest with you, because I don't see it offering anything over the R, other than I, the mic preamp and, and, uh, phantom power. It does not offer anything over the RC10R. That's
0: wasn't. exactly what I was going to say. Cause I, I watched Andertons and unfortunately they don't do vocals. So, um, when they demoed that, I went, Oh, so it's a two-button or three-button, whatever it is. Um, RC five I mean, It's nothing great. It's nothing to write home about. It's nothing to. And I watched them demo with the RC ten, and they in their demo. You should watch that. Um, I I did. The the ten beat the five or the five hundred in everything or the hundred. Is that the one you're looking the five, at? Hundred the fi- no, the ten R
1: is
0: ten R. That's it. It's the ten R. The 10R yeah, yeah. The ten R beat the five hundred in everything, as far as the guitar went, because it, it for money it had all the functionality you you needed that the other one had, unless you are going to sing into it.
1: Yeah, and that well, and and so you know the dumb part is if I get the ten R, I am probably still going to have to buy a direct box so I can convert X or I can convert my mic signal cable from my uh, Captor X into. <laughs> into instrument level. I don't know if it does line level. If it does line level, great. Then we'll just plug a balanced cable in there and away we go. But I have a feeling that it's not going to be line level. It's going to be instrument level, in which case it needs to be converted um, to avoid grounding issues and to avoid noise. (laughs) Um, So this, this is just like, sometimes you just look at this stuff and you, and you go, what is, what is missing here? Like, and, and I think you're right. I think some of it is just like companies not listening to consumers, but I think it's companies not listening to consumers because they don't want to build a product that they don't think will sell financially um, as opposed to a product that – because – so like I was looking at the RC-10R and I realized what it's actually competing with. It's not competing with other Looper products. That's their trio killer and their beat buddy killer. Yeah. And, yeah. And – I, so, the Beat Buddy the is a fantastic piece of equipment. I've done a lot of looking at that. It's going to be really hard for me not to buy one at some point because for doing the home drum thing, like where you can just hold it down and it change its parts or like just trigger or fill by hitting it, that's fantastic. Um, I'm surprised no one else has come out with that product before. Uh, but there, there and again lies a niche where people forget that like there's a lot of solo performers out there. Um, and we need we need more companies like singular sound that are more focused on people trying to do that kind of stuff cuz they built the beat yeah. buddy and that was the whole f- genesis of that but where they they went and did the beat looper <laughs> the, the looper the second thing they did and it's like guys you probably should have made the bass buddy in between you know and then and then focus on on a uh an aero cuz cuz they didn't they clearly didn't have a handle on what everybody else needs from this piece of equipment because it, it's just sorely lacking. Like the interface of it, the idea of how it works and the simplicity of it makes sense if it's on a stand in front of you. But the fact that you have three foot, you have four foot switches on the damn thing and you can't literally, you literally can't bank up using the foot switches. That's mm-hmm. embarrassing. I mean, that that's like, that's like next level. What the hell were you thinking? You should be able to hold down two of the foot switches and get into the, the bank up and down mode or something. I, you couldn't come up with some way to make that happen. Double tap, maybe double tap hold, you know, anything to get you into a mode where you can you can bank up and bank down. Um, yeah. And I was talking to, to um, a couple of people today and somebody suggested that that was probably a proprietary thing, that they decided that they wanted people to buy the proprietary MIDI controller. And you know what? Um, there was something else that I found out this week that apparently um, the Beat Buddy, when it originally shipped, they said that they're their, uh, the cable for the uh, uh, foot switch was proprietary and it was not. It was a TRS cable, but they were lying to people and telling them it was proprietary. So they had to buy the Beat Buddy branded TRS cable. Mom. Trying to convince them that's really messed up. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's really screwed up. Um, so just keep that in mind, you know, that, that. People do stuff like, companies do stuff like that where they try to force you into buying their other product to go with it. Um, I've seen a lot of marketing for the BeatBuddy and Eros. Uh, A lot more marketing on that than I would have thought. Like, here's the ecosystem. In fact, they even did a video where they're like, here, let's show you the whole ecosystem. And it's like, so you just basically want us to buy all of your stuff. Like, I get it. You're not trying to make your stuff so it works with other people's stuff too. Uh, it would be, no. it would be nice if if they were smart enough that the that the uh, Beat Buddy had a mode in it where you could say boss mode, and it would it would switch you over to serialized loops using the MIDI functionality, because all those boss units use basically the same MIDI functionality. Um, or you could have, you know, whatever other mode that you need to to interact with other uh, MIDI enabled loopers, EHX mode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, so. I just think it's a little funny that, that like they're being very proprietary, but, but at the same time, when you look at their MIDI implementation, it's like so ass backwards. I've never seen a company that where you had to have a MIDI code to go to a menu before you could bank up and bank down. Like it doesn't make any sense. That was totally done to be proprietary and to, and to, so that their MIDI foot switch, which has a delay in it when you hit the foot switch. So it'll send all three messages in a row. Um, that, that's just that's just wild to me that that's built into their foot switch just so that they can they encourage people to buy their foot switch their MIDI foot switch which that's another thing we've talked about this on this show before MIDI everybody should know at this point that MIDI was, was a ratification standard in other words there were a bunch of companies that came together and they ratified this standard MIDI 2.0 is coming it's, it's just not here yet um, they actually ratified it but there's been no products released yet. But it is coming, because because it again same same industry, people got together and they decided that they were going to do MIDI 2.0. So this is manufacturers agreeing to do this. Um, so MIDI happened, and then one of the things for MIDI, a couple things, MIDI is supposed to be over a DIN cable, as uh, a nine pin. I think it's a nine pin DIN. Yeah, yeah, I have I have,
0: yeah. uh, MIDI cable in right there.
1: So nine pin DIN, Ooh. not a uh. Auxiliary cable, a 3.8 millimeter or whatever it is, the the tiny freaking auxiliary cable, not a headphone cable, but a nine pin DIN. And it used to be part of the standard. And I believe it still is that MIDI is carried over a nine pin DIN. So if you're Mm -hmm. saying you are MIDI capable, you are not. You are, you are transmitting it over the wrong damn cable. That just means you can accept MIDI. It does not mean that you are MIDI certified. It does not mean you can put general MIDI on your stuff. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means I can communicate using the same set of signals that MIDI uses. Um, right. and I have I have intense problems with Eros' implementation because I was looking in their manual and there's mm-hmm. supposed to be a MIDI specification chart, which has all of your messages and what they do and how to, you know, what, what goes where they were intentionally cryptic in their MIDI chart, which wasn't a chart. It was MIDI and and like a paragraph of stuff about, you know, what this does. And the first version of the manual lacked certain functions that were already in the unit. So they were hiding. They didn't want anybody to know you could do that. And um, so now the new firmware came out, they've updated it. The manual looks a little bit more complete Their manual sucks, by the way. Their documentation is freaking awful. Um, I've never seen anything so abysmal in my life. I read that manual and I felt like I still didn't know 50%. Like I I, I literally read it and then would sit there and go, what does that actually mean? I've never had an experience with a manual where I stopped and I go, well, what are they telling me? And like kind of scratch yeah, my head, exactly. like, what does this actually mean? Like, what are they hiding here? They're trying Yo, to. Hide what the something. hell
0: are they talking They're about, trying to right. hide
1: something. Because it's like, have you ever seen a Mesa Boogie manual, Jim? Okay. Forewarning. Let me get my soapbox. Mesa boogie manuals are great and they're also awful. Because Mesa Boogie manuals are wall-to-wall text. And if you read through them, there's great stuff in there. But it's like reading stereo instructions. Um you know, there's like these big like sections where he talks about this tube sounds great when you know you got the volume here and then it's really interactive. Yep. With these controls and the way you should dial in is this way. It's like it's just it's it's overly complicated. Just give me yep. an overlay of the of the controls and then give me give me some sample settings to get me started and maybe talk about like plug your speaker cabs in this way and plug your, you know, like put your effects loop is serial or parallel, and like the basics. We don't need like, I, and I realize why they've done this because they're because people bitch about them, their amps being hard to dial in. But um, there's a lot of information that's great in there. I read this manual, it's like that. It's wordy as shit, and there's no information in it. Uh, it, it felt like there wasn't anything in there except for the MIDI chart, which was intentionally vague. And then, and, and not laid out to MIDI spec. So there are definitely some places in there where it's like, what do you actually mean? Send this message to here because you're being intentionally vague about what this does. Um, or does it doesn't like I, it. I, I would have actually accepted the way they did it if they were like, okay, in order to do this, you gotta do this. You know, and then here's the here's the messages you need to send. But they didn't lay it out in that way. And that's not that's not the standard, but it would have been okay. Whereas, like, I'm used to reading, you know, taking the Yamaha, any Yamaha synthesizer, you flip to the back of the manual. The last three pages are literally a chart. It says these yep. codes, and then it says correspond to this stuff. And you're like, okay, that that's pretty straightforward. It's an industry standard. That's why you should do it that way. Stop thinking that nobody can understand industry standard. Like, that's just wrong the reason why people don't understand midi is because they have zero experience with it don't dumb it down encourage them to actually learn it cuz it's something we all should know um anyway that's my that's my soapbox on loopers i feel like i've i've wasted 40 minutes of the episode or something but at least now you can all feel my pain cuz it, it's just i'm my mind is completely messed up about this i just don't understand how there could be like 11 products or 20 products on the market and all of them fail to do the things that you would want in one box. And yes, Jim, you're absolutely right. You can take three of these things. You can use, um, you can connect them via MIDI. Make one the master clock for the other three, and away you go and have your your serialized loops. The problem is, once one is started, you have to start it and start. You have to stop one and start the other one. And you have to set it up so... And, and the looper has to be capable of continuing to finish the loop before it actually stops. So usually there's a setting inside your looper that does that. So you stop one, start the next one. Stop that one, start the next one. It's not a, it's not Superman, but you need one looper for every section of a song. So if you're doing six by six, like Biero says, you need six loopers. <laughs> you can see how this could get really bad really fast. Um, Go ahead. But... Um, yeah, if anybody has any advice, throw it up in the group. I'm I'm curious. I'll bite. I'm I'm sure other people are more knowledgeable on this topic than I am because I just thought, oh well, I'll find the one that does what I want and buy it. That's not happening. So
0: <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. So let's go from bad to worst. Um- <laughs> I don't know if you could get worse than that segment. <laughs> well, I want to talk more about. I don't want to talk about the product so much as the the, um, the next the next topic. I want to talk more about the the machine behind the advertising of this next product, and that's the new Acoustasonic. Um, yeah, I uh, know. Guitar we, by uh, fair by wa-
1: Fair warning, everybody. We're going to talk about the Acoustasonic again, um, and All I right, guarantee so- you, we will probably end up talking about it
0: again. At least one more time, maybe two or three more times. There's been talk, um, at least as far as the users go, why didn't they do a bass? Um, So I I wouldn't be surprised.
1: That's probably Um, next. Bass
0: doesn't have as big a
1: market. They're not as concerned Uh, about that.
0: Yeah, acoustic bass is kind of a niche thing, Um, especially at that price point. I can't see it. But anyway, I still can't see these things at this price point. Yeah. So let's, (laughs) let's talk about this. So, Fender released the Acoustasonic um, uh, Jazzmaster. Okay, yay. Um, And um, what happened? Everybody knows. Like 50 channels that you know, and that's probably no exaggeration. 50 channels had that thing in their hands. And they had them before release date. So, they all signed an NDA of some kind. There were stores that didn't know they were getting these things before the YouTubers got them in their hands. Now, this was literally, oh, they they had these in their hands when they recorded the video that they all made saying, we're not chills. We don't do that. We don't. Yes, Um, they
1: they did. In fact, I can can
0: cooperate. Every friggin' one of them and more shilled. um, I'm sorry, but that is it, it, it shilled this, this thing because um, number one, and I don't, and I'll just talk to um. I think it, it, it's the guitar nobody asked for. Nobody, I don't think a single person said. You know what? I wish that they no. put out a jagma, a jaguar. Go Jim, ahead, Jim. You're jaguar absolutely wrong.
1: Memory. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> one person asked for it, and he used yeah. to
0: work cool. for Bob Taylor. Oh, the guy that designed it. Yeah, because he has the so
1: fantasy that this is going to be a product that's going to be hugely successful everywhere. Let me know how many of those tailors are selling right now, because you can still find
0: new old stock from when the units you can dropped originally. They are still making. You can them. find you can find t T five Zs and T five Z Pros, new, yep, brand new, never used.
1: Well, they're still and making can, T, T series, so I don't know. Yeah. But they're but they're making
0: them in extremely limited quantities. But you can find them from when they debuted. That's what well, that's screwed what I mean. Up. You can find those right. You can find the old ones. And as far as the Acoustasonic's, um, and this is only me, you can still find Telecasters and Stratocasters sitting out there. As a matter of fact, the Telecasters Stratocasters that were in Guitar Center when I started. Um, two of each are still sitting there, <laughs> so if you're looking for them, they, <laughs> and they were on sale when I left so, um so can we, do a, can
1: we do a do you have any experience with the t series i because I do i we can do a quick quick comparison because I didn't I don't know why I never put the connection together it was the same person behind the um yeah, it was the exact same guy the the uh when when I heard it I went, oh yeah, that's right. He went to work over there, didn't he? Um, Right. Because – all right. So Bob Taylor was like wanting to do an electric guitar, right? And so they did the electric guitars. That was also that guy's baby. And those failed miserably, which by all accounts, a lot of people said they were pretty good. But they didn't like them because they had proprietary parts and, um, of course – Bob Taylor, Taylor Guitars, is not known for making electric guitars, just like Fender is not known for making acoustic guitars. So he, this guy comes working there, and he goes, well, shit, we're not known for making acoustic guitars, so let's, let's make acoustic guitars that are half electric. We'll do the same thing we did over at Taylor. And the T-Series was not successful over there, so why would it be successful at Fender? Like that's what I I mean they're still get, making them but I think it's for a very small niche and and the other thing is if you've ever played a T series they're better acoustically than the Fender stuff is by a long shot. The um, Fenders
0: are the worst acoustic guitar you can buy. Yeah, they and we're really talking are. we're talking 60s budget acoustic ra- sound acoustically. I I'm would more. rather have a Martin Backpacker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the backpacker has better tone. I think it um, does. The, yeah, I mean, and that thing does not have great tone. And and the problem that I I see with them, and of course, I I just want to, because again, we're gonna we're gonna get somebody on here that's using them. So I want to I want to go um, I want to talk to the hardware at that point. But what I want to talk to right now is the is the whole media hype. I mean, there was, I'll bet you. Like I said, 50. I don't know. Did they even triple that number in sales? I mean, if you think about it, and I don't know because I don't know if all the YouTubers were given them. I mean, Ola England got one, but I don't know if he kept it.
1: I think they were he all given them to keep. But um, let me – let let me, uh, let but, me. But yeah, go ahead. I, I, I have I'm something just, to add at the end of this.
0: I'm just wondering if they even tripled that sale in the first day because – now, they probably did. Um, uh, but I, I just... Uh, like I said, so <clears throat> the one person I know that actually uses one, okay, um, said that the finally he found one. Uh, 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 it was finally one of the Acoustasonics that has an electric pickup worth using. That was the problem. All of them have... All of them have the same modeling. I was just going to say, it's not the pickup. It's the IR. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was about to say. So they ir to a different pickup. They IR'd a different pickup. It's not, not the IR'd pickup. They of. IR'd the whole goddamn guitar, Jim. You
1: can take an IR of an acoustic guitar and apply it over another acoustic guitar and they sound great.
0: Right. It's been a secret and for so years. I don't. I don't know as – probably not. I don't know as Fender has the ability because they do have USB. It charges USB. So I don't know if they have the ability to upload IR. No, probably not. Probably not. I can take my my twin reverb and with the exception of physical speakers that are the difference between that and the blonde, I can upload the new software and I can apply the new – uh, IRs that they have it. Maybe, so maybe.
1: I think that I thought the blonde is just for charging the battery.
0: So yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And so if that's the case, you missed an opportunity there. Um, yeah. Uh, you can do that with any guitar, though. So that's like, that's
1: where I'm kind of scratching my head. Like, I can take my Godane here, which has a, not my Godane, my Seagull, which has a okay pickup in it, and I can run that through an IR and make it sound like a million bucks. I mean, I can yeah. make it sound like a like I a mean, Martin Jumbo, or not Martin jumbo, a uh, a Gibson jumbo, if I want. And
0: it's a part. I mean, let's face it that's that's got to be where the two thousand dollars is coming is going. Because I mean, when you think about the pri- the price on that guitar, okay, two thousand dollars. It's not a great acoustic guitar. It is not built as a great acoustic guitar. Are you seeing <laughs> the facility they're building them in? No,
1: that's where the money went. Okay. Well which, is why, yeah, and which they, is why they have three different models. Because they have to make their, their money. I mean that's that's basically
0: what it boils down to. And so all these all these channels, I mean, I have never seen a product. The rat spane was the last thing I, and the rats bane costs hundred and fifty bucks. Hundred and fifty bucks. Come on, you gave away Fifty-two thousand dollar guitars, fifty or so. i us say it was fifty. That's that's Jim. That's a shitload of money, Jim.
1: They're not going to Nam this year. That's true. That's where the money went. Yeah. Do you know what this this, this stunt? It, it's a stunt. Okay. It, it is. is. Let's, call it it is. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. For our listeners, what you should be thinking when you see this, or at least this should cross your mind. If it doesn't, then put this into your mind and remember it, so that the next time it happens, you see it for what it is. Um, this is Fender trying to generate a market when there is none. There, nobody wanted these things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, okay. Who asked for this? The Stratacoustic Who? and the and the teleacoustic, like twenty years ago, were the same thing as what these are now which is a plastic bodied, because these aren't plastic bodied, but it has the same tonal qualities. And it was a novelty thing and it had a decent preamp on it and you could take it on stage and pretend, you know, like that that's what this is, except this is yeah. expensive. And it's a novelty thing and people are buying into it because it's like, well, it's got an electric pickup. Listen, that, that electric pickup, one bridge pickup is not going to do it for me. I, I have to have... It, honestly, I, I joked. If they would make a... They make a... Um, Acoustasonic Stratocaster with three pickups, no sound hole, piezo bridge, actual Strat bridge on it, I'd play it. I'd play the crap out of it because it would be super resonant. It'd be light as hell. It would have interesting wood. It would be made in a state-of-the-art facility with state-of-the-art equipment um, because that's what... that's So this is the thing you probably should look at just just to give yourself some reference they built a new factory that is part of the it's part of the same building but they basically took two giant sections of the building and um, spun them off the custom shop I believe it's made by some of the people that work in the custom shop in addition to normal factory employees um, to do all of the machining of the bodies and necks because you think about it the way that guitar is put together it's freaky like they hollow out a guitar it's not like a, an acoustic guitar in that in that it's you know laminated together, and you have the same kinds of bracing. Like it's like hollowed out, like it's carved from the inside with a lathe or something. I'm not I'm not sure how they do it, but it's it's a weird process, and they invented it, and so they went through this crazy like let's develop this product that we can't even build on our existing equipment. We're going to build a place in our existing facility to design and produce these things. This is a whole new division for them. Like they cre- they're they trying to do what Leo Fender did in the fifties, which is to create a market for a product that didn't exist. So like when the Telecaster came out, the broadcaster came out, there was a couple of other solid body guitars that were in existence, but they were really small. And he had this idea of making the model T and it was all to support the real business, which was amplifiers. And so he came up with this idea of the Spanish acoustic guitar, which Spanish electric guitar, which is like, you know, upright guitar. What, what hillbillies and gypsies and all these different people in different cultures have played for centuries. He made the electric version of it. That was like solid bodied and, and um, bolt on neck model T and, that was to sell amplifiers. And if you think that that was ever done to sell guitars, you weren't paying attention. Because that was his primary motivator. Was, now, he he I'm sure after the Telecaster took off, after it went through becoming the Nocaster and became a Telecaster and started selling in droves, and then eventually led to the Stratocaster, which sold more units than the Telecaster ever will. Um, and I like Teles too, so that's not a knock it was all done to support the amplifier market. And at some point along the line, he changed his mind and started designing great guitars, too. Um, that's probably the Stratocaster, him and, and uh, George Fullerton. Um, so, I just... When we talk about the the um, Acoustasonic line, I think it's important to remember, that's what they're doing here, is to try and create something that doesn't have a niche. They're, they're, this, this is not something that People are asking for. Um, if they didn't ask for it when he was over at Taylor, you know they're not asking for it now, and we can vote with their wallets. We don't have to fall prey to crappy marketing and an attempt to make you part with eighteen hundred dollars for an instrument that's going to cost thousand dollars, two thousand. Is the new one two thousand?
0: Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, because the other one they was went like on sale for a little while. Yeah, they went on sale for a while for 18, they're back up to 1999 all of them. Right. All right. So, so let's say they gave away 50, which I'm sure they gave away more than that, but let's say they gave away 50. That's $100,000, which is which is admittedly a lot less than they spend on NAM. A lot less. And I'm sure that wasn't their only um, cost as far as that stuff goes, but sure. All right, let's say they give away $100,000. So, I'm the marketing guy. I'm the marketing person. Now, in the old days of marketing stuff like this, what you did was when you gave it to an influencer, I know because I knew some influencers, they were, they were acoustic players and and electric players. You know what they did? So they would be given an an instrument, right? All right. We're, we're Taylor or whatever. I can't remember. I think it was Martin that gave this guy that I knew his name was Bookbinder. His last name was Bookbinder. You can look him up. Uh, Blues acoustic player very Jim Croce-esque in his playing, was very popular. Um, They started treating him like crap. And they told him, they said, you need to make it so that people can see our name. And they were like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I think I've told this story before, but I want to make this clear. He took a piece of tape and uh, like regular old uh, uh, masking tape, and pfft, right over the name of the guitar. And I don't remember who who the maker was. It could have been Gibson. It could have been it could have been uh, Taylor. I don't know because the timing is right. But the point is, it was one of the big acoustic builders, and he said, here to them, I'm not doing it," and put tape over it because what they used to do was they used to say, "Okay, we're giving you these guitars." you need to play them prominently we want them in every video we want them in every um yeah that, uh, concert that was in the, the kramer era when the endorsement was king that's right now let's of course that's no longer and, it, and it's okay i don't i don't want to judge that one way or the other because if i was the guitar manufacturer i goddamn well want that damn thing put right out there i remember when uh so i'm going to give you an example of one and then i'm going to take that to this one so a while back, about three years ago, two and a half years ago, PRS sent um Pete Honore, one of his flagship Paul Reed Smith Paul signature guitars. Signature Paul's guitar. It is a beautiful guitar. Probably would retail anywhere in the in the five to seven thousand dollar range right now. I mean, it had Might every be bell and whistle, and it was Paul's. So it had a little bit of um Uh, What do you call that? Providence with it. So do you ever see it? No. You know what Pete plays? He still plays that freaking telecaster most of the time or whatever it is that they're shilling that week. Now, let's go to the acoustic song. I gave away 50 of these things. To Paul Davids, to uh, uh, Ryan Burke, to uh, Pete uh, Thorne to um, uh, Ola England yeah um, yeah, that's right? a weird I choice right there that was an odd choice um, all kinds of people alright um, and guess what how many of those people do you think are going to make two videos with them how many of them do you think will make three videos that hold the Acoustasonic in it other than maybe in the hanging on the wall behind them as as right above their silver play button, right, right above their si- oh look what I was given oh look at me yeah my award and and that's uh, I mean um and that's what it is it's it's like a, a you know oh it's a it's um uh, uh, that, that also ran. that was cool they sent me a two thousand dollar guitar that I've never yeah. going use. and it's just as useful as that freaking uh, silver play button and and that's the pr- look at me I'm pushing play nothing happened why it's silver um so uh, that's my point my point is that it was hype for what three days we're talking about it right now might last a a week a month and then it's gone will they really and and it's probably I, i guess if i'm fender that's probably the the bulk of those sales is those first few days and then especially look at the timing number 1 this is this is where i find it funny whether those guys wanted to did it on purpose or not the shill video we are not shill's video came out what a week before that yeah yeah okay we're not shill's hey look at this look at the product we're shilling then but the, <laughs> the second thing is what day did it come out the day after the freaking ta- or the day that one of the two that the tax money started hitting people's back bank accounts.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a little way. odd too. Uh, I think they were racing to production because they figured the tax payments were going to come out right before the expiration of the unemployment, right. which is like, everybody
0: figured that was going to happen. Um, because I can tell you our guitar center got two of them in and they were told not even they couldn't even talk about it. They were, they were locked up in a manager's office till a, till a day that the release comes and then it's like ta-da we're the one we you know okay we could sell them and um one person came in bought one
1: all right so can we talk about paul david's video for a minute because i told you to watch it did you watch it i did um let's just be real here for a minute let's talk about the the uh jazz master acoustasonic whatever acoustasonic jazz master what hell you want to call it I thought it was really interesting, couple of reasons. Cause he basically says, like at the end of the video, he pretty much says,
0: I wouldn't buy one of these. And Well Yes, but he said it he said it a little nicer. He said it, it is not for me. Right. I mean, but he actually said I wouldn't, wouldn't buy, one buy one of one. these. He used so, those words. I can tell you this. I didn't see a single, with the exception of the person we're going to have on the sh- on the show, who did the video and did say I would buy one and did buy it, by the way, and paid full price. Yeah, well, not full price. He he's an artist. He gets yeah. a hardest discount, just like you and I do. Uh, but um, he went to Guitar Center and paid, you know, artist pricing for that thing, but still paid what? Uh, uh, let's just say I can, as a personal uh, personally knowledge of knowing how much those things cost. Because I looked at getting the telecaster one. I can't imagine that the that the markup is any different in the Jazzmaster, if anything worse. Um, so I don't think you got a great discount. If you got if you got a regular old, you know, like it, it, if you don't know this, people, if you don't have a friend that works at Guitar Center, make one. Because every month those guys get a, a one 20% off discount that they can give away. So if you have a friend behind that counter, and you hit them up in the beginning of the month um, or at the end of the month before and say, Hey, and they like you. <laughs> I want to, yeah, and you're, and you're nice. Don't be a jerk. Um, typically, you can get that 20% discount because believe it or not, I had months I couldn't yeah. give that thing away to save my life because nobody wanted it. Well, so and nobody it's like, has
1: any money sometimes.
0: Because I mean, that's nobody just... was spending the money. And then all of a sudden, because that was right before the whole COVID thing. I mean, but now with the stimulus checks, man. So it's it's likely that that this person got twenty percent off, which means that they probably paid close to sixteen hundred dollars. But that said, because that that twenty percent off is max of five hundred. So, <clears throat> but that said, that um, I, I don't know the pricing. That said, that's still not a drop in the bucket. That's nowhere near what no, any of no, no, us no. ever said we would Honestly, pay for that. I would be in the five hundred dollar range. I, you know?
1: I well, that's, top. that's tops. All right. If the, so, here's the deal they couldn't produce the acoustasonic as it is right now in the $500 range. No. If they no. could somehow miraculously get the cost down, like use the same equipment and the same processes to do it overseas and get it into like the $500 to $700 ballpark range, I think it becomes a kind of an interesting niche thing. I think I think there's enough people that would be like, "All right, I only play my acoustic plugged in anyway." You know, yeah. like this this is kind of cool. Um but the price that it's at right now, it's like it's stratospheric. And you know what this is? I, so I know why they're they're trying this. Right now, Fender doesn't have a high-end acoustic guitar. We talked about that. They stopped at that's their, right. their regular acoustics stop at what, like a thousand bucks? And yeah, acoustic, I don't even know if they got a high. Yeah, I don't even sure. I at one point I thought it was like eight hundred. Um yeah. and the reason why the acoustasonic is so important is because it's their entry into the high-end acoustic market. Now So here's why they want to be in the acoustic market. If you know your stuff and you've been looking at investment prospectuses and everything else, you know that the acoustic guitar market has been selling unreasonably well for the past 10 years. Most places sell more acoustic guitars than electric guitars by a long shot. Because for whatever reason, people getting into guitar today want to play acoustic. I don't know whether it's the Taylor Swift effect or whatever that is uh or or even the you know um who there's a ton of acoustic artists now that are like really popular but if you're starting out in guitar i think i think some of it is millennials going well i don't really want to invest in an amplifier and stuff so i should just buy an acoustic yeah you know yeah. even if you I, want to play electric i'm going to buy an acoustic maybe that's part of it but anyway the worship thing is a big part of it too like praise and worship people are buying acoustics because That's what they're going to do with it. They're going to go to a church and they're going to strum a bunch of chords. So I think this is Fender just admitting like they missed the boat and that they've been losing out on cash for 10 years because they could not make a go of their acoustics. When did their acoustics start, the
0: 80s? Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, and right now the the price difference between their bottom and the top – uh, it, unless you count the exotic wood 3299 Acoustasonic is the nineteen ninety-nine $2,000 Acoustasonic um, or $800, dollars seven ninety-nine ninety-nine dollars Newports and yeah. Malibu and Redondo. So you're again, like, like, like I said, like you said, 800 to, to that's a $1,200 swing from one guitar to the next one up. And, but but here's the here's the thing I wanted to say. Not a single one of those videos, not one of them, except for the one where the person that I know bought one, said I would buy. One. Not even not even some of the best shills on the group. I mean, Peter Honore tried to convince everybody that he would buy uh, the the Jazzmaster one because he, but. Didn't I, he buy? Didn't he buy the tally one? And he's
1: like, "This is for when I go on tour or whatever, and I have yeah, to play an I, acoustic song, and it's yeah. a, it's like a you know a funk gig or whatever, and it's just not normal." Um, yeah, he had a very specific think, reason for wanting one, and it was right. like and nobody it, else yeah. is going to be in that
0: position. And the truth is that that the the electric pickup here. Here's the thing i I cringe. These are why they're cringeworthy to me. First of all, yes. If it's a plugged-in thing and you're going direct, and that's the other thing we'll talk to that person about, going into an aco- if you're buying this to go into your guitar amp, don't do it. Yes, it's garbage, I agree. And it will sound like garbage. Okay? So this is for everybody. Don't plug it into the front end of your Saldano or your Marshall or your Fender unless it's an acoustic guitar. I would not even recommend you to plug it into yeah. your power amp. <laughs> right. You plug it into a regular old, like a Fishman loud box, or a DI a box right. Or a PA, right. Well, D I into the PA. Um, so, uh, here's the other thing. Even if you're using the electric pickup, that's the case. This is why I still don't see. All right. The Stratocaster one and the, the Jazzmaster one. What's, What's blatantly missing? Even if you're going to use it for the electric, what is so blatantly missing? Even if we we know it's wood, we know it's made of guitar, guitar made of wood. What is the one thing you can't do with both of those guitars? You can do with a Strat, most of them, and a Jazzmaster, most of them. Tremolo. What's one thing? Tremolo. You got a tremolo arm. You got a tremolo arm. And you can't even, like, fake it. And so you know i mean i'm not t- i it's they're basically just a revoiced telecaster pickup or whatever electric pickup at the bridge <clears throat> um and like i said they they um uh i i just i think you're the many, wrong, i think you're the wrong market
1: and and here's why there's there's mine here here's why i think you're the wrong market not just because of that but because I think you're already looking at this from the wrong perspective in that you want these acoustic guitars to be more electric, which would be the natural inclination for somebody who plays electric. Right. This is the opposite of that. This is the acoustic guitar for someone who has always thought about, you know, hey, wouldn't it be nice if I had a guitar that was shaped like an electric? Because that's all it is. It's not that the Telecaster pickup thing is a blend thing. It's never supposed to be used by itself. And by, by the way, I've played one and I I can tell you that the the uh, Telecaster pick on them pick up on them sucks. It does not sound like a Telecaster. Um, it sounds somewhat like a Telecaster, but because the body is not solid, it doesn't sound really that much like it at all. Um, it's a gimmick. This yeah. the whole thing is a gimmick. The whole idea it behind is. it is a gimmick. We're not going to play acoustic it. guitars
0: shaped like this in twenty years. It's just not going to be a thing. Uh, most of us—I'm not saying all of us—most of us who are guitar players, and of course, that's where I am, the missed market. Okay, I am not the market. Most people who want to play acoustic guitar on stage that play electric. What what guitars do I bring to a gig? These two, right? Yeah. Or these two. Yeah. What, all so, right. Something so, like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I bring two of these guys behind me. If I bring that behind me, the 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 hummingbird. <laughs> Because I want it to sound like a hummingbird. That's why I bought a hummingbird. right? And that's number one. And number two, and here's what's funny. This will make you laugh. I don't care that it doesn't sound like um, a, a big-bodied uh, ro- um, uh, mahogany, uh, 1938, uh, this. And then can sound like a 2000 and whatever that. And then a 1942, hey, you remember this. Remember that thing called the Variax that didn't sell very well? Yeah. Remember those? They did that
1: and they didn't sell. Does anybody remember how many, how many uh, editors choice awards they won in various magazines too? Um, Which if you haven't figured this out yet, your guitar magazines are basically just shilling because they get, they get paid and uh, you'll see endorsements like that. Editor's choice and everything. The beat buddy got editor's choice and everything. And I think that's a product that actually might deserve it. But um, I know that some of these guitars have won awards and I'm going, to who? There's no market yeah. for this damn thing. Yeah. Like nobody wants this. That, you know, uh it's and and you know, here's the double standard. So Fender can do shit like this till they're blue in the face and nobody says a word, uh, except for us. Yet you got Gibson running around for twenty years making shit that nobody wanted, you know, and they got just destroyed over it. They went
0: bankruptcy over it. But Fender can do it, no wrong. If Gibson farts incorrectly, they get shit on. I mean, and Fender can sit right there and shit on their on their. <laughs> I mean, they gave away. You know what they could have done? This is the thing that I can't believe. They could have said, "You know what? Sign up for this this giveaway. We're not going to tell you what you're getting. We're giving away 25 guitars worldwide, whatever, and we're gonna we're gonna get them into your hands. And uh, all you got to do is sign up. And they could have gotten these things out into the hands of players. Well, I think I think Gibson has Gibson has other issues. No, I'm
1: talking about Fender. No, I know, but I think Gibson has other issues that stack up to why they get shit on. And we can go into that in a minute, but with regards to, you know, you're giving away the 25 guitars to people out in the Well, that's not really what they want though. They need publicity. No. They need to convince right. people that people are actually playing these damn things. Like that's what they need.
0: But so, that's not what they got. Well, none of those people, none of those people you said, saw "Wow, that video. this is the best." And that video, yeah, and that video lives
1: video. for, and that video lives forever on the internet, Jim. And if you're mildly interested, and you go see Paul David's talking about the guitar, and you only watch ten minutes of the video, you're like, "Yo, know, fucking, I'm just gonna pay for it." That's yep. enough. That's all they need yeah. to make a sale. That's why those videos exist. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think this is a, like, as much as I hate to admit it, I think this is going to be a really effective marketing strategy for them.
0: Yeah, it might be, it might be, and and um, it it darn well could be um, one of the smartest things they've ever done.
1: I, I honestly, if if you watch this show and you get mad because Jim and I all we do is talk about YouTube shills and stuff, it's not because we watch a lot of YouTube. It's because it's infuriating. Have you thought about what's going on? Like I mean, yeah, you guys are being misled right and left. I can't tell you the amount of people that have bought products I've talked to in person or on the internet who said, Yeah, so and so had one. It looked great, so I bought it, and then I bought it and I got it, and it was crap. Like it didn't yeah. do this, it didn't do that, and then so I sold it. It's like, well, yeah, our goal is to get you to buy things and not sell it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want you to just try things out. Now, granted, you have exactly. to try things out, like that's part of the process. But um, I said to somebody in the group the other day, I said, you know, when people um, when we talk about this, we're not trying to be hard on people who are like, like you know, the Ryan Burks and stuff of the world. Like, yep, I actually we still watch a lot of that stuff. But here is the reality. Yes, here is the reality. We want people to understand that you should be an objective viewer. Like you should be able to step back and think for yourself, and not just buy into the marketing hype that's going to drive these acoustasonic nightmares. Everywhere like that. I mean, I honestly, I am. I keep calling them like horrible things and whatever. Look, if the acoustic sonic is your jam, absolutely buy one and be happy with it. You are so fortunate. You are so fortunate that you have a product in the market that reflects you. But just understand that I have a a severe doubts about the longevity of this product because. I don't think that the market exists outside of a
0: very small group of people. All right, here's here's another issue that hasn't even been broached. Five years from now, you it, it, when I pay two thousand dollars for a guitar, you'll be able to First of all, we all know parts. First of all, yeah. Well, I'm gonna. That's where I'm. I'm kind of going down that road. Um. So when I buy. A guitar you know the old oh i paid this much money for a guitar i expect i expect one thing i can give it to my grandkids and my grandkids can give it to their grandkids because right now if my grandfather had bought uh gibson les paul um in the 50s and given it to my father to give to me to give to my kid to give to my grandkids right that that's a real thing Right, a 1950 sure. whatever Les Paul would be sure would be like giving my kids gold right
1: yeah but just right. to understand I, don't, that I, th- I think those days of vintage guitars being worth that
0: amount oh, I, is, I, I, I know is I know horrible. I know but what I'm saying is that that longevity now we don't know that a 2020 or a 2019 Les right. Paul will be, be worth anything. good no not just value will be good right like not fall apart. In 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. But we do know that that the past has shown us that they did last 50 years, 60. What do we what are we 70 years in the future now, yeah. right? Yeah. We're going on 70 years. So so if we if we look at that and, and Fender, obviously. Fender guitars, if you can get your hands on a on a freaking no caster or a broadcaster, holy shit, you've got some money in your hands, right? But you've also got a thing that you got a cutting board that, that has been able to play music since 1950 or no 1940 something. Yeah. That's almost that's almost 80 years. Yeah. 80 years. Think about that for just a minute everybody. So uh, I keep thinking about, about that point. 62 Strat. Keep yeah. thinking about them. Yeah. And, and and the truth is if you do the math, the those old 50s guitars that sold for $200 or $250 back then were actually that value that we're we're paying now. Actually, a little bit higher, believe it or not, everybody. If you make up for inflation, um, it it's a little bit higher. We, we talked about that before. Here's my point. My point is I buy a Fender Acoustasonic, let's say, eight years from now. Like you said, we're pretty sure right now there will probably be parts for it.
1: Yeah. But. Somebody's going to be making parts for it. It may not be a
0: fender part, but well, I'm just saying. I mean, if that if that IR goes out,
1: you might be using the acoustic, the just the uh, piezo.
0: Yeah, you And you would be asked out, and that piezo is honestly that piezo is no better than a piezo you get now. I'm not saying it's crappy. Your piezo is just as good. There's a piezo or
1: whatever. I always call it piezo. Yeah. But
0: piezo piezo whatever it is piezo
1: well is are, um, there, are they a piezo or are they a microphone cuz i i was thinking they were an under saddle under saddle microphone or something
0: no they're they're using a piezo okay. but they do have an undersaddle microphone that's the other thing that they've added <laughs> in the jazzmaster is they've added a little undersaddle microphone but it's just for you can you can tap the guitar and do Oh, really the, <laughs> oh yeah no I, shit I, that, I knew they that, had the tap the, thing on it but i was like is that what they I, did? I don't shit you um if you uh I'll send you the guys uh well I mean maybe the crisis sonics are taking off with the
1: one man band people the same people that are using looper's that yeah. suck.
0: And that's that's the thing that yeah and I and I honestly I think because we, we started this thing with the looper thing we may as well. Yeah. You know honestly I think that's what we're we're missing. You and I are not that pe- those people. No, you and I really. are not. No, and I don't be that person. I will be totally fine
1: not to play an acoustic guitar in my looping thing on on Twitch. I will be totally I, fine not to do that.
0: I, right, and, and as far as gig goes, I can see me using an acoustic guitar for one, maybe two songs.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're in the same boat as
0: me on that one. I would rather turn down the tone knobs and the volume knobs and play the three three five than play an acoustic. I've been playing guitar twenty one years
1: this year, and that seagull show this, uh, this the show I bought the seagull for this summer was the only time
0: I've ever played an acoustic set. I played that at open mics. That has certainly not paid itself off yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I. I could sell it tomorrow and and my gigging world would not change at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean it's oh, so sad.
1: Well, no, it's not sad. Okay, it is sad and it's not. Number one, it's sad because you spent you know whatever you spent on it um and it's like it doesn't get used uh but it's not sad because it's like well, at least you've got a nice one. I mean yeah. I mean to be honest with you like I, I can, have I not can say had, the number. I have not had a second thought about my Seagull since I bought it and I play it regularly. I mean actually everything oh, I play it. about it. I play it at least twice a week. I mean yeah. which is everything else is pretty much the S500 these days. Um but it's like I was always I was doubting like oh, if I buy this it's just going to go in the case and I'll never play it. And I played it all the time. Yeah. I play it all the time. But that But that being said, it's not, I don't write songs on this. I'm not gonna go out with, to open mic with this. This is for my personal enjoyment. And actually in a lot I, of ways I think that makes it cooler because it's like this is I, something that nobody else even knows I have.
0: But see, that's the other side of it. So the reason I played that guitar every day last week is because I was too lazy to take these three out of their cases because I had a gig. They actually didn't come out of their cases until today. <laughs> I had a gig Thursday. But uh, but um, before and after the gig, these three sat in a case. So the fact is that these two on the end here, the 335 and the Hummingbird, for people who are listening, got all the playing time for a solid week. They were the only two guitars I played. Oh, and I tuned, I, I restrung my um, uh, PRS with 10s and tuned it down a half-step. So that got a little playing time um, to do this, something to talk about. But um, that's it. And the truth of the matter is, that's exactly, I, I am glad you said that about you play it for yourself. That acoustic, other than open mic, the whole reason I love my acoustic is because I don't have to plug it in. Soda deliveries. deliveries. Um, thank you. Um, I don't have to plug it in. I can sit down. And just as easily as I pop this open, that uh, acoustic is to Give us ready some product placement. We need some product
1: placement. Jim, diet. enjoying his diet Pepsi.
0: <laughs> my diet
1: Pepsi. We are not indoors.
0: Stop it. <laughs> no, yeah. We are not shilling diet Pepsi. Take my word for it. Everybody that wants to say, Jim, All you're right. drinking rat poison. I know. I'm in my 50s. I'm going to die anyway. Nobody gets out of it alive. Just a reminder, um, we do have
1: a sponsor. No money changed hands between him and us. Um we gave away everything we got from them and we continue to give that stuff away when we get it in. Uh so just you know temper expectations don't think that we're taking things in and from other people. Um yeah. I wanted to pay for these. I actually reached out to them and just said, "Hey, I thought this is a really cool idea." And they get, and they sent them to me. And I was kind of ticked off about it. Um I actually found these just so I could do that cuz I've been I actually been using my my arms and battery but um, we're not chills. We don't. We don't show no, shit here. We don't. No, we can't get anybody to
0: send us anything if we wanted to. I mean, uh, yeah. Look, look, <laughs> look. I play a. Th- I play. I, I was talking to somebody today. There is eleven thousand dollars in guitars on the top yeah, shelf there. And.
1: and- it's-
0: did you have a panic attack when you
1: realized that you were like, "I bought eleven thousand dollars in guitars last year"? It's like yeah. I'm in debt and up it, to my eyeballs.
0: <laughs> yeah, wait till I have to pay my taxes. Um, <laughs> good thing they're sending me a stimulus check. They're <laughs> mailing it to me. Can you believe that? But here's the thing, and add that one in. Um, so here's the thing, though. When you talk about the shilling thing, because we I, I've talked about this before, and I want to I want to nail this one home. None of these, none of these guitars were given to me or did anybody help me pay for anyway. I worked as an employee and I got the same employee discount every other freaking employee gets at Guitar Center. Nobody helped me out. And that's number one. Number two, two of them, the the SG and the Hummingbird, were not employee discount no. guitars. You were bought prior. I paid, so I can tell you how much I paid for that hummingbird fifteen hundred and thirty six dollars. It was on sale from twenty two ninety five or twenty two forty nine to fifteen thirty six. And if you don't think I took out my checkbook and paid for it that day, you've got another thing coming. All right, I paid. I paid. I have a military discount, like every single (laughs) retired or active duty military person (laughs) in this world. I got hundred and fifty dollars off on that SG because I have a freaking ID card, which I'll be glad to show anybody. So um, it, you're not seeing my Social Security number, which is no longer printed on it, by the way. Yeah, good, um,
1: good. But About damn time. That
0: that ID, yeah, I know they took them off finally. That ID, that ID, I earned that ID.
1: Yeah, I and think I so sat, too. And
0: I. Right, and I sat and I worked, on all the pedals that I bought that I got my employee discount on, and all the and the three, three count them three guitars. That's it, really. That I got my employee discount. Well, I guess the bass. Yeah, um, I got my employee discount on. Let's just say the employee discount is really not any better. Well, it's a t- it's a little bit, and we're talking at you know, the price point that if you go in and you talk nicely to a guitar center employee and say, "Hey, man." I understand you get a 20% discount every month. When you have another one, could you let me know? I'm looking at buying a high dollar item. It's a friends and family. So you have to be a friend. Can't go in there and say, well, fuck you. I don't like you, but I want you to give me a discount. Because you have to be a friend, an actual friend. They can't use it to, to close a deal. So that's, that is against the rules. I'm sure there are people that do it. But I'm just saying. So... If you want to go in and you want to make yourself a friend and and get yourself a discount, it's cool. I had a guy from Hawaii, made friends with me, I got him a discount on a 335. He got $500 off a $3000 guitar. But my point is I am not shilling. Okay? Yeah. David doesn't shill. We uh, got We along. got our <laughs> Yeah. We we talk to people. We 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 we're nice to people and and if they can give you a discount, they will. Guess what? My uh, my guy at Sweetwater gave me a better discount than I could get on my PRS. So I got the PRS from from freaking Sweetwater. Yeah. That's true. It's true yeah. story. I bought my custom 24 from Sweetwater while I worked at Guitar Center, folks. Yeah. And that's because he was able to deal me real deal and get me a good price. And I was like, yeah, heck yeah. And um so if you don't want to talk to a guitar center person, talk to your sweep a rep. Call them, reach out, talk to people. For God's sake, this is a world of of things where you can get things done, and you can you can get it. Every time I talk to them, I say, I I say it like this. I go, I, I just I just ordered um, the uh, just recently the rain cover and the um, and the little foot switch, which was thirty dollars total, by the way, for my Fender Blues Junior, right? Thirty bucks, I I said, is there any discount you can give me? He said, Jim, there's nothing. Guess what? He gave me a discount. Yeah, he gave me a discount, even though he said no, I can't give you one. He g- it was it was little. He gave you what he but, could give hey, you. He gave me what he could give me, and then he gave me a lot of candy. I bet I got <laughs> I, bet I got a pound of candy. <laughs> so so all joking aside, because that it, that's true. Um, all joking aside, though. Um, you know, we we are not shilling you. I don't want to convince you to buy a hummingbird. I want you to, I want you to know why I bought it, so that when you buy your guitar, your acoustic, you make an intelligent choice on why David bought a. a, a what did you get a seagull? Yeah, I got a seagull. Yeah, solid wood. Series. David got a seagull. Yeah, didn't it, even bail solid. out for it. It's freaking fantastic, and it's a fantastic guitar, right? mm Hmm. And and you sh- you shred
1: on that thing. Yeah, I I play all kinds of crap on there. But you know that's that's another thing. Like, so we talk about shills, and I feel like we're concluding our you know anti shill stance over the last couple episodes. Um, yeah. The the one thing I want you to take away from this, like, is the looper conversation at the beginning of the episode, basically spelled out for you. You can find videos of people saying this stuff is great. It's wonderful. And these, th- these products are wonderful, but it doesn't mean it fits your use case. Like, you, it, right. it, it is up to you to determine whether or not you should shell out hard-earned money for a product. And it is up to you to go through the manuals. And it is up to you to question the use case and what you're comfortable with. And just like I said, like, I have a systematic way of going through this process. Admittedly, it was prompted today by my wife because I was bent out of shape. And she basically said, Hey, make a list of like all the things you want and just go down the list and check stuff off. And I'm like, I, yeah, it's usually what I do. Like, why am I not doing that here? So I did. And I'm probably gonna save myself seven hundred dollars or something. Yeah. Um because I did that, but also because I realized that there's no acceptable product for me. And there are definitely situations where I know people who've bought three or four of the same damn item in different configurations and maybe with different modifications from different pedal companies that they should have just bought the one that they ended up with. And it was like they were looking at it initially and they kept putting it off either because of price or because they didn't do their due diligence and realize that some of the things they were looking for and what they needed were only in that unit. And they just tried to get off cheap. The classic example is people who buy tube screamers. If you're oh, only yeah. going to use a tube screamer for one specific application, buy the one that does that application best. Don't That's buy right. something else and be like, "Well, I can do a bunch of stuff with this one." You don't need it to do a bunch gonna... of stuff. That's right. It, all right. Uh, Nick Bongers and I were talking this evening, yeah. and he was uh, he played a gig. He opened for um, it was tonight actually. He was playing this gig while I was talking to him, and. Um,
0: uh, well, I thought you didn't get to go.
1: Uh, oh he's in Michigan anyway okay. uh, he was playing a gig with he uh, sh- 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 sent me his set list I want to get it right because the guy's really cool Anthony Gomez you know Anthony Gomez oh, wow. I'm
0: sure okay.
1: so he opened for Anthony Gomez with his blues band they played for like a 30 minute set and he was saying what Anthony Gomez's rig is and we've talked about it before um, Anthony Gomez uses a pair of Kemper's and some mission engineering cabinets Um, He's used Marshall cabs and stuff before too, but um, he's just using a a Kemper rig and he was talking about, man, it sounded pretty good. And I said, yeah, it does sound pretty good. And I said, I I guarantee you, it sounded great. But the reality for me against the Kemper was, hey, I'm only using two or three sounds here anyway. I could buy those actual amps and get the 10% I'm missing. And like, that just made sense to me. It was—it yeah. wasn't rocket science to me. It was like, yeah, okay, buy those three amps and and uh, over the next couple of years and live out your life with actual physical amplifiers, yeah, and uh, actual physical effects, and it made sense. Now, when I bought the Kemper, it didn't make sense because I didn't know where I was going to land, and right. I was—I I was really clear. I was still developing as an artist. Like I'll be—I'll be real. Um, realizing that even though I'm writing material and stuff like I didn't know what I sounded like I really didn't uh, I kind of know what I wanted to sound like and it was really funny because I'd already pretty much done it it's just that I was like oh I can always make it better you know there's all <laughs> you can always iteratively improve your tone you know it's like the the, the day the day that I went to the um Rose space with Mike Mara and we played together and I had my actual amp and my, my Lone Star cab. And then we went to, uh, I went to Nick's. I realized what the hell am I doing? Like at home I'm playing through a Kemper. It doesn't sound anything like this. And this sounds great. What the hell am I doing? I you know, but, but when you're in, when you're in a place like, like Nick's and he's got all his great amps and he's like got all his modifications and stuff done and you realize your amp hangs and you're like, why am I searching for something else? This does a great job and it works fine and it's portable and it's totally professional. So that's why I'm like, stop back up. Think of your situation. I, the other marketing thing that's been going on in the last five years, six years, that's been driving me crazy is the fly rig idea. Everybody wants to get this little bitty damn thing that does everything for them in every situation, because they have this fantasy that they don't need multiple rigs to get the job done. And right. I'll be real with you. Like I went down that road. I, I bought into that fantasy. I was like, well, it's 2020. I mean, or it's 2019 or whatever. And I feel like all of this stuff has finally come together. And I bought in because I wanted to buy in, not because it was real. And I realized very shortly down the path that, even though it's acceptable, um, it's not necessarily the best tool for the job. And I think that the idea that that angry Charlie down the cor- I use that because of the pedal, angry Charlie down the corner who plays at the blues club, you know, three nights, uh, three nights a month, uh, in in an open jam and maybe one one actual gig. Uh, you know, he don't he doesn't necessarily need a fly rig. Like he could take his his blues deluxe and one hand, his pedal board in the other, and a guitar on his back, and play through a show. What the hell's the problem with that? Why do we need to why exactly. do we need to downsize everything? Why do we need to buy into these marketing buzzwords? Because they sell products. And when you've got shills telling you, oh, this makes a great fly rig. I mean, look look at Ryan. Brian. Brian's a perfect example. Brian makes content because people like content, right? Um, and he comes up with these wacky ideas and they're great and they're fun and they're really entertaining, like the affordable board. But does anybody really need an affordable board? I mean, right. If you have a regular pedal board, the affordable board is kind of a joke. The idea, yep. and, and I think that, like, oh well. So a lot of people will, say, a lot of people are gonna kick my ass in the comments because, because I know this is coming. But the affordable board thing is like targeted at people who don't have a board. Listen, if you're into gear enough to be watching Ryan Burke's affordable board videos and you don't have a board, I'm questioning that. Because let's face it, gearheads don't they don't <clears throat> they don't just sprout out of the ground. Okay, if you're if you're tuned into that channel enough to start watching the affordable board videos, chances are you have a couple of things laying around. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that's the target market there. Uh, it's just it, it's funny because I think a lot of people actually watch those videos because they like to explore like what the cheap end of the market looks like. It's like a, kind of a sick masochism i guess it's like how good are they not really and they know it and they're kind of like just seeing like how bad they actually are you know what i mean like it's 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 one of those situations too where it's like a train wreck right so but ultimately just realize like all of this stuff has motivation behind it in some way and if you can identify that motivation you can protect yourself so I, I, they, they, listen, nobody's going to get burned by flipping through three tube screamers. It, it's peanut money-wise, right? Like, most of us could probably afford to have a tube screamer and then sell that tube screamer and get another tube screamer. That's right. So it's not, it's not horrible. But I just, like, I don't want to see people get... Part of the reason why we started this show, at least from my end, was to give back. And I don't want to see people make the same mistakes I did. I've owed hundreds of pedals probably at this point. Huh. Like I had a list. I know it was at least 50 that were on the list and I know there were more. So we're probably pushing 75 or hundred at this point. Um, and the reason why I, I bring it up is because I'm like, I don't want to see anybody have to go through that crap. And then I watch yeah. watt World. Oh, let's let's talk about all of the deluxe reverbs I own, dude. Your channel was billed as like we want to show you how to get more with less. What the hell are you doing? He it
0: it, it completely shifted. He, beca- he became he became a shill. He became well, it, it, yeah. In the end, it's what. It, it, so, <clears throat> um, here's a, here's what I I see um in the in the world of um in that in that world if 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 you'll indulge me for a minute so five watt world was um his it, the first video which i love that was a that was when i said hey you should check out this channel he said something to the effect of beware of the man with one gun um and it had to do with the fact that david grissom from uh, uh John Mellencamp, and then he went on to play a whole for a whole bunch of other people. Plays one guitar, the D D G D D G. He plays one amp. Yep, he is not. He is not. I okay. So there, there's really guitarists break up into two uh, things. They break up into the Alex Lifeson, Joe Bonamassa camp, who change guitars every song. Right, change guitars more than their underwear. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, they've got clean guitars and clean underwear, right? Hopefully. And then and then you've got um and Tim Pierce and those guys. And then over here, you've got Brian May, you've got believe it or not Angus Young, and you've got those guys who who play um one they guitar. They don't want to change night. crap. I mean, like That's they just right. want everything to be the same all the time. They want it the same in it and then if they have a second one, it should be exactly the same as the other one.
1: Yeah, the and Willie, so Willie when, Nelson, Stevie Ray Vaughan types, I mean. Right, Willie Nelson, another one, Stevie they got Ray Vaughan, other, they, they
0: got other guitars, they just don't use them that much. <laughs> right, right. And they and they use them whether it's because they switch tuning or whatever, but they want to be right back to that other guitar. As a matter of fact, for Angus Young, it's only if the electronics short out. Uh, if you talk to his yeah, guitar tech.
1: and And it, like Stevie Ray had a bunch <coughs> of guitars, but they were all basically used when number one was either like being repaired or yep. – um, there was one tour where he took. He took another guitar out because they were retiring it, and right. and it turned out that they got about halfway to the tour. And he said, "Give it, give it back to me." <laughs> right,
0: and so Keith, the five watt world, yeah, exactly. He's like, "No, no, give me, give me, give me." Um, <laughs> that is the one because that's where their comfort zone is. That's yeah. where they want to be. Because when you're up there in front of all those people, the last out it's guitar. Right. Um, I watched uh, uh, a guy play last night. He played one guitar, and then one of his knobs didn't work the way it should work. And he signaled to his tech. Tech comes over. Um, he switches over to another guitar, and the tech is over there with a flashlight. And I'm watching him because he's he's like right there in the front, yeah, flashlight and the soldering iron. There. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. And they're working. They're working. He's got one guy holding the flashlight. He's in there because because the lights are down. You know? And and they and they get the guitar. And when they're done. He's like, "Yep, he's he's waving a yeah, in, bring, and it back. bring it over," and, and then <laughs> that one comes back for the rest of the night. So with so with the exception of a couple songs that he played, uh, he liked to play uh, slide on because obviously slide you want a slightly higher uh, thing. Now, he wanted that it guitar. Depends, all night it depends long.
1: on the player because I I've, I've met slide guys that have action that's probably lower than mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and some people do, um, but the point is that um, you get into this. This thing well anyway keith keith was keith williams was supposed to be what i'm trying to do and what i've been trying to put some videos together for is um use what you have and use it to the best of your advantage now he's a guy that was using a rev um and uh uh what's the headless guitars um steinberg Sol- solar solar uh, solar's
1: right? not no? head-
0: solar's not headless Strandberg. Oh, then it's time. Strandberg, Strandberg. Thank you, Strandberg. Okay, he was using Strandberg guitars and, and a Rev. But now, all of a sudden, he's using a 59 uh, um, Custom Les Paul, Custom Shop Les Paul, and uh, um, three deluxes that he's shooting out. Now, we know he's going to keep one, and we know which one it's going to be. It's going to be the real one, um, uh, the real vintage one. He's shooting it out with a blonde... Uh, Tone Master and uh, a, a reissue, and you know, good gosh darn well, he's going to keep the one that he's got, and, he, and then he's going to have Fender take it back because, unlike us, he doesn't have to worry about the forty-five-day return policy.
1: Oh, right? I thought at the end of the video he said he's keeping he's keeping the the blonde Tone Master and the sixty-four Custom Deluxe that he borrowed from somebody.
0: Oh, okay, so he's keeping those or stuff. he's
1: getting another one, or whatever. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, which so, yeah, yeah. The fact is that 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 that's what I was getting at. So here he is. He's going to, you know, um, he was the one who was saying, oh, you only need this one thing. But now he's doing the same thing. And he's because his channel jumped. I can't kind of blame him. I mean, his channel made a big jump because he did the, the short histories. Yeah. And he did a short history of this one. He yeah. Did a short history I that. Just, I- but you have to own them all. and And that's where I'm like. I don't know. I don't know where it's going.
1: I, I just, I just don't see it being I, genuine. Like I see it as being disingenuous. No. He doesn't, he doesn't practice what he preached. And uh, no, I mean, and he's not up in line with his tagline. I am the first one to admit I am guilty of not doing things that I say that I should do, which is like I'm not always pra- practical. Like I was talking yeah. about buying a $600 looper, but yeah. um, I will say, like the things I do have an obvious reason. Um, I don't know if Keith has ever said what he actually does as a musician that provides him income. But like, I kind of question like, do you even need a twenty watt amp for your house, like a twenty two watt deluxe, or like, what is the deal here? Are you just you just like the sound of your guitar? I I I don't know. I mean, um, hey, he's got every right to play as loud as he wants at his house. Well, for sure, <clears throat> not I, th- yeah. that was not what I was going to argue, but. Um, yeah, no, no. So I know you were. In terms of in terms of the Gibson getting shit on thing. Uh, cuz we talked about that earlier and I wanted to come back to that cuz I cuz I had some stuff I wanted to say. Um I think Gibson gets shit on because there's a lot of people in this world who look at it as a status symbol. And I think there are a lot of people who buy them who also look at it as a status symbol. But I won't like, question that. But like because of that, are yeah, the apple phone of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, because... So, like, the hatred of Gibson owners, I think, is also sort of borders on ageism. And, like, I'd also probably say sexism and some of the other things that have been going on in this country. It's a reflection on, you know, culture right now and what's been going on. But um, I think that there are probably good things to say there. And there's probably also negative things to say there. Like there are definitely people I know who've bought Gibsons as like, Hey, look at me. I've got a Gibson
0: where it's like, you didn't really need that. Uh, There would not be any such thing as a Chibson if there weren't those people. Right.
1: That's exactly my point. So I kind of like, I kind of look at it and I go, we've created this anti Gibson climate. By you know, getting angry that uh, at status symbols, and mm-hmm. like I see, I see Fender as being less of a status symbol because their entry level price is less, which is why people don't hate on them as much. And people have this fantasy about being Tom DeLonge or somebody from the '90s too. Like they were huge in the the pop punk scene, and for whatever reason, that never died. Like the millennials, um, in which of which I am one, by the way. Many of my millennial friends are still, like, super into Blink-182 and, you know, all yeah. these other, like, turn of the millennium pop band, like, pop-punk bands. And <laughs> they were playing freaking Strats and, you know, with the Humbuckers and, and stuff like that. And that has endured, um, which is really wild to me because a lot of the new metal people, like, the fans that were big pa- fans of that music, they just moved on. You know, some of those people ended up listening to John
0: Mayer and stuff. And <laughs> the question, the question for Gibson will be: Can you survive through fifteen years? That's because we, we've said that before. Because yeah. that's when my I'm seventy. Okay, I'm in my seventies at that point. Therefore, the people of my age, which is probably the end, I am I am literally the last year of the baby boomers. Okay, I'm 1964. So that's going to be when the baby boomers are done buying this shit. Okay. And the truth of the matter is that that I could have easily bought the Epiphone version of this. Okay, right? They got the they got the '50s version, of the Epiphone at six hundred dollars, which is a lot less than I paid, even with my military or I mean my um, uh, employee discount, <laughs> many times over less than what I had I paid for that. So <clears throat> let's just say this, um, especially if I got a, a you know my my uh, employee discount on a Epiphone. Um, part of getting the 335 was that it was a Gibson 335. Okay, that's part of it. I'm not going to lie to anyone and say, oh no, I got it because it was totally so much better than the D'Angelico that was hanging down the line from it. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah. I mean, I are, I, I'd if, be lying if, if you, if you through were, my teeth. If you were going to tell me that, that, I passed
1: up the Harmony because I thought the Gibson 335 sounded better. I would laugh in your face because I I've right. played a couple of Harmony 335s and I'm right I would laugh them, not model numbers and they're freaking great. But um I think they're actually probably better than what Gibson's putting out right now. But that being said, there is I, I would have laughed things. in my own face. <laughs> there there are two things attached to that though. Number one is the value of having Gibson on your headstock in terms of resale. The, yep. god willing you won't have to ever sell it but should you ever have to sell it it's going to be a lot easier to sell a gibson than it is going to be a heritage and yep. of course the other one is the the status and all that stuff that's attached to it plus the, your memories of the brand which people think status means mercedes right like um, right. That there's that, that there's a culture attached to it and that it's a symbol that you have money but status doesn't necessarily mean that for everybody like status can mean something as simple as um all of my favorite artists play this guitar and i want to feel
0: like they did i want to i want that little tiny thing that that they had right my my son said today he do you know he, he was telling the person that was over here recording vocals i was recording a vocalist today um you're gonna you're gonna wind up with some stuff to mix by the way so you're gonna have a little thing on your fiber thing but um so I don't even know uh, my we'll talk about that active. Later. I don't know if my is active reach out to me we'll take care that's all right we'll we'll, we'll pay you somehow yeah but that that's not the point 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 is my son pointed at that guitar and he goes you know why dad my dad got that because a guitar just like or very much like that he didn't say exactly like that he said a guitar much like that was in a movie that he loved and he wanted that guitar and I said well, that was part of it. It's the right color. you know. It was the it was the the um, you know the Back to the Future guitar collar. But it was also the fact that let me tell you something. If you were if you I was born in sixty four. If you're sitting around in nineteen seventy, you know one seventy two, when you're just starting to realize that that rock and roll music is is this thing that you can you know it's bigger and better than than the chipmunks, which is what you liked last year, right? Um, in maybe sixty nine, maybe because I guess I was probably aware. when I was about five years old, of what I really was starting to like. <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting there listening to Cream. What did Clapton have? Yeah, and I'm sitting there listening to. An yeah. SG and a three three five. He had an SG and a three three five. What did What did Townsend play? Played at Les Paul and an SG. I mean, what did uh, before selling a tele? Before settling on a telly, um, and somewhere in there, there was a Stratocaster. Um, and even even in those times, believe it or not, there were shots of, of Angus Young early on with a 335. There's lots of people um, that have played 335s. Alex Lifeson, one of your guitar heroes, played 335s yeah. for a long time. We played a white 335, yeah. Um, and that, that iconic red color was the status of a lot of the blues players of the time. And even though they weren't 335 players, my brain, you got to remember my little brain at that time. I was, you know, a little kid and all I remember was it was a red guitar with a black pick guard, humbuckers, and it said Gibson. Yeah. And that's really all that mattered. Um, that that really all that mattered. If And you were talking about the Mercedes thing earlier. Your, your status symbol might be an F-150. Yeah. I mean, depending Ford. on your culture. That's right. Sure. It might be because your grandfather and your and your um your dad drove an F150 and they beat the shit out of that truck. And you're like, "You know what? I'm getting an F150." And then the first time you go like even slightly off road with it, like try to go over a thing, and you have to replace $2000 in tires, you go, "Wow, this isn't what it used to be." <laughs> yeah or or uh,
1: you can do any you do that in any truck right now that's what you're gonna have happen, but it's because like the f one fifty was also the basis of the Raptor, which yeah, that truck could do seventy miles an hour in the sand, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah um, yeah, matter of so, fact, I looked at one yeah um but the but the point is that that your status symbol might be different from mine and and again, like you're talking about some of these some of these guys i mean they're they're in their late thirties early forties now, looking at Tom Delong stuff. And going, man, I want that. And and Tom DeLong played Just, what? He played a um like a uh, like a strap with a with an invader in it strap, with, right? with an invader yeah. in the bridge. And, and didn't he play? um <clears throat> It wasn't a three three five, but he played a three three five ass guitar. That was later. But, that was later. Right. Yeah. And now, now let's let's talk about other people that played. Um, that are that are in that thing. That the only people that really Gibson has a real stranglehold. We've got some three three five people that are going to take us through millennials, Foo Fighters, right? Yeah, they're the really Lopez. trying
1: really hard to market the Trini Lopez right now because that's one of the few
0: guitars <clears> they have that sells well in that demographic. Yep. Um, let's see who else did we have in that in that time frame? Of course, you had a lot of the down tuners using uh, Les Pauls.
1: Yeah, but you know um, what's funny? That's why I was starting to say, Jim, the new metal guys, they all aged out. They're not interested anymore. And that's, I, I know, look, I know that there's some still out there, um, but like when you look at the bands that people make fun of today, who are they making fun of? New metal people. You know. And it's like, oh, of course. that should tell you, right? Of course. And, and half of them were
0: Gibson people, and half of them were PRS people. And people, that's what I was going to say, and the other half were PRS. <laughs> um... And uh, a lot of Ibanez in there too. Actually, there was somebody else I was thinking of that w- that was a big uh, Les Paul or I mean um, uh, Gibson player. But anyway, the point is, you got a lot of Fenders in there at that point. You've got a lot of transition um, those Stratocasters, Ibanez Fender, and PRS. You know. Ibanez. Yep, Ibanez. Uh, and you know what's funny? This is what's funny and why the lawsuits are kind of silly. Like I said, when I looked back, I saw a certain body shape, color, and style. I had no idea what those words were on the head You know what, Jim? I, I, that's a good point, but you
1: know what's even funnier? The lawsuits, they actually made it harder for Gibson to do well. because yeah. Because Gibson sued their competition and forced them to innovate. And when they yeah. innovated, Ibanez, nobody would have been buying Ibanez guitars today if, oh. if they were copies of, of straight, not in the same way, if they were straight copies of Gibson's like they were in the beginning. It was yep. because they decided to make like the S series and the Roadsters, the the Sabres and the Roadsters, and then those evolved into the S and RG line. That's exactly what and, it like, that. that's why they still exist, because they got sued. If they hadn't it, been sued they probably would have just disappeared out of existence because you had people... Like Hondo they, and Greco. You would have had people saying things like, the old adage, you don't call him Ibanez, you call him Ibanehad. Like, that yeah. was a nickname
0: for him. Yeah. Yeah. It, and so, if you look at... Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. That, that um, uh, look of a certain guitar... You know, uh, think about how many hammers look like PRS or I mean like Hamer. Those yeah. calls. Hamer. Hamer. hammer, Yeah. Um, uh, Heritage um, uh, and all these other guys that were building great guitars. And like you said, Ibanez was building an Explorer that was just rock solid. Oh, cool. yeah. They were all. Well, though, that was after mm. the, the the Destroyer came after the lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But they were building. Um, the they lawsuit were building guitars Lawsuit were
1: Les Pauls, and Les lawsuit Pauls. Strats and Tellys. Yep. And that was that was their bread and butter. Um, yep. And in a lot of people, if you've ever had your hands on one of the old ones, like they were freaking great. They were better than what Gibson was putting out that time in the nineteen seventies. Oh, at guy that time? They
0: sued because
1: they were like, oh, oh
0: hell no. Like yeah. this. That's is the crazy. other guy. The the um that guy. Uh, what the hell is his name? Norlin no, um the yeah, the northern era Les Paul, but the one northern era Les Paul that's that's like now everybody wants is seventy nine custom because of the guy from Yeah, from Adam Jones to yeah. made it tool. Tool yeah. yeah, Adam Jones. So Adam Jones is keeping that alive. Um but yeah, I, I you know, I gotta tell you that, that some of the best Explorer um guitars were Ibanez's in the mid eighties, right? That was yeah. mid to late eighties. Yeah. They were making
1: Deller guitars. They made a lot of teller great guitars. guitars in the late 80s, <clears throat> but they just haven't been able to, like, I don't know. They, they, they've they got a lot of good stuff they did in the 90s, too. It's just their specific kind of guitar. But I can see the nostalgia, because that's what's driving Gibson sales and will be for the next 15 years. I can see that nostalgia shifting as people get older to Ibanez and PRS and a lot less Gibson and probably a lot less Fender until until the millennials start getting into that phase of buying like the Tom DeLong reissues and stuff. Um Yep. Which they're already buying we are uh, they? We are already buying some of that stuff. Like it's already starting to mm-hmm. happen. So my my only concern is that like and we've said this on the show before, but that Gibson doesn't have a long-term strategy. They have a very short-term strategy right now, a narrow focus. Most of what they release, things that are really popular, your video that blew up, Jim, is a guitar that's aimed at people that are not in our age demographic. Like, they're aimed at, it's aimed at people who are older or can appreciate music that the Strokes don't seem to like. I know we're hitting two hours. I think we should spend another, another 30 minutes talking about the Strokes thing. And I think <laughs> we should split this into two episodes. All right, wait a minute. Let me, let me, um, yeah, go ahead. So, so we public, we posted, or Nick posted in the group an article, Nick Bonners of uh, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups posted in the group an article about um, the strokes basically saying that blues rock is played out and that they don't want to hear it anymore. And I laughed immediately because I said, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, how do you get number one how do you define blues rock because that's like a whole pantheon of questions unto itself now you can you can argue and i and i i sort of understand the blues genre from conversations i've had with people and like what the basic building blocks of blues are and how and blues rock would obviously have some of those inclinations but like that's a varying thing i think you could have some you do have a lot of flexibility in that conversation because I feel like some people's interpretation of what blues rock would be versus others are two different things. In my mind, blues rock includes, you know, any bending, basically, which is why I made some kind of half-assed remarks about, you know, uh, some other celebrity from another genre of music bitching and saying, I don't want to hear bending and guitar solos ever again. Like, what the hell? Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's asinine. It, and number one, I want to say why this, this comment happened. If you think for a second that the Strokes give a crap about what's going on with modern music and all that no, stuff. No, terrible. the Strokes are worried about how they're going to pay the bills right now because they suck. Not that they suck, but like, they listen, they had a very they're specific sound. They had a very specific thing that was popular for a very specific time period that time period is now more than 20 years ago or close to 20 years ago. It it might be 17 years ago. Um, They came out, they were, they were put in the same category as bands like the white stripes and the black keys, the black keys weathered the storm. The black Keys still sells records like lots of records and their sound is still inspiring musicians and they are firmly blues rock. So, I know people are like, oh, well, they did some records that are more on the rock side. Sure, sure, but you cannot tell me that they are not a blues rock band. Like they've done records where they're literally doing twelve bar blues and shit. Like you're crazy if you think that's not true. So, um, I'm 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 on the side of the argument. I'm listening to this conversation plan. I'm thinking in my head like. This is really has nothing to do with what the Strokes care about or what they don't care about. All this is is them generating controversy so they can get their name out there again and maybe sell a couple of records. Because right now, they're not relevant. Uh, We did have some people in the group that were like, I love the Strokes, I buy all the records. And It's like, look, I love the Darkness, but I know they're not relevant. I would love for them to be relevant again, but they're not. They weren't really relevant when they came out. That was kind of the niche, the, the joke niche of it, right? Was that they were doing something that is basically expired as a genre. Um, and I kind of laughed because I'm like, well, this happened. And then the other day I saw in another group that comment from uh, from um, uh, the uh, Keith Richards talking about rap music is horrible and, um, and like all this modern metal stuff is just a joke and a parody of itself. And while there's truth to both sides of the argument, right, in some way, shape, or form, like, the reality is no one gives a shit what Keith Richards thinks about other genres. Nobody really cares. He didn't have to say anything. But because it's Keith Richards it makes the news. You know, like, nobody's going to sit there and bitch about Keith Richards saying this. I wasn't going to bitch about it. I just thought it was funny because in light of the jokes I was making in that other thread about, you know, such and such saying stop bending. And things like that, and how just absolutely ridiculous it is that we should even care what these celebrities think about this stuff. Like here we are, you know, with this. Here's another one: Keith Richards. Now Keith Richards is not doing it for attention. Keith Richards needs to do nothing for attention except for fall out of a tree and have a coconut fall in his head and end up in surgery or something, because um, he's on too much cocaine. At what is he? Eighty years old now? Seventy-seven or something? He's he's getting up exactly. there. Exactly. Um, I it. That stuff just like it just boggles my mind that people actually care enough about it to post it or that it actually ends up in a magazine and that people actually read it. But it also boggles my mind that people actually, there are people out there that are like, no, they're right. They're right because I like their music. Are you kidding me? If you like that, just seems crazy to me. I I just don't, I like make your own assumption.
0: But. Listen, we're in a we're in a culture of of two things. We've talked about this before, and it's we're in a culture of of uh, people who want confirmation bias. That's they exactly want yeah. The reflection, and number two, they want to be a part of something. It's so hard right now. <clears throat> Everybody wants to be a part of stuff. Let's face it. That's why people join a lot of hate groups, believe it or not, is because they want to be a part of something. Yeah, the hate- same thing with yeah. this. It, you know, they're, they're like, oh, if, I, if I'm an ACDC fan to the max and I know every single song they did, then I'm going to be a part of it. And one day Angus Young will know who I name. No, he won't. Or, never know or,
1: or at least the other fans will know who I am and I can connect with other people exactly and that is totally and, how people get into hate groups if you don't believe us, go go watch some documentaries and look at yeah. some of these people that are reformed and they will tell you i didn't belong to anything and i was looking for community and i made mistakes
0: that's right that's right and a lot of the a lot of cults That's the same in the, in the whole right idea mm-hmm. not to be not to be mistaken with the band the cult um so <clears throat> or blue ice your cult for that matter um it, the the point is that when you when you take all of this all this stuff you know the, these these um, groups of people and all these things that that they do and they and they want attention they want um, to feel like community in those things and what do they do they find someone And we've talked we talked about this the sycophantic lifestyle of not being able to think for yourself and and do this stuff i i did a um i recently did a video that i put up on our channel called the 10 Something about the 10 stupid things that musicians ask in guitar forums or guitarists right. ask in forums. And I had a person say to me, well, you know, you shouldn't make fun of noobs and stuff like that. And I, and I wanted to say, did you watch the video? It wasn't about that. It was about making up your own mind. And that's really what it comes down to, is make yeah. up your own mind.
1: I definitely didn't feel like any of the stuff you were going through in that video was like talking about beginners. I felt no, like, and, and,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't about also people asking questions. I don't want to think people to think that oh, Jim's a jerk. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to answer questions. He thinks he's above these questions and stuff. No, what I'm talking about is uh, things like what color should I buy? Yeah, things that are purely subjective. They're the most subjective things you could ask. That's like asking me what flavor of cereal you should eat in the morning. I don't know. Eat whatever you like, and don't eat what you don't like. And don't eat the stuff that gives you the runs. <laughs> you know, I mean, let, let's be let's be smart about those things, right? And and um I think I said something about uh you know, has anyone ever tried a katana? Yes. Yes, they have. And and that's just a that's just a lazy question. It's not the fact that it's it's a um you didn't think eight, it over. Right. You didn't think what am I looking for? What do I mean by has anybody? These Go people
1: ahead. that are making these posts are looking for community. That's what it is. Right. They, these people are not expecting to get an answer that's meaningful to them. No, they're expecting no. someone to answer them, and that is right. what this is really about. And that's fine. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Don't
0: right. ask a bullshit question with a bullshit answer. Right? Don't look. Don't look for that because all you're going to get is bullshit. And Then you're going to think that the community is toxic. And the real reality is, you asked a question that doesn't have an answer. It's not really you say, wrong. hey, man. I'm looking at these two colors. My favorite color is this and, uh, and leave it at that. It's okay. Be like Nobody's going to say, well, your favorite color sucks. No, that's not
1: what's going to happen. Ask about the, uh, the gravity of the Pepsi logo. Like that would be something that would be, if anybody knows that the whole thing, that would be something yeah. that, you know, or the gravity of the red three thirty five that's hanging behind Jim. Let's talk about that for a minute. No. Um, Maybe we won't split this up into two episodes. I think we're I think we were I think we're in a good good place. Uh I wanna give some final thoughts, but other than that, I think we can we can stop and we can release this as a little extra content on this episode.
0: But anyway, um I wanna say that that, you know, when you're asking questions in guitar forums, any forum, I don't care if it's if you're asking all right, let, let's say you went into um you're gonna buy a dryer. I bought a dryer recently, right? Yep. That was, my dryer. That was in the last episode, even though it was a month ago. <laughs> yeah, even though it was a month ago, we just posted that one. So, <clears throat> um, I, I bought a dryer. I wouldn't go into a um, forum going, "What dryer would you use?" Because what if they have eight kids? I'm two single men in a in a house. I I don't, I don't have the same needs as a as a family that's got you know kids that are still shitting their pants, right? And so, <clears throat> those are the kind of things where I would say, "Hey, I'm in a I'm in a household with you know uh, a dad and a son, and we're both single adults. Um, probably go through you know three loads of laundry total a week, um, four loads. Uh, what's the what's the um, you know what do you recommend if if there's such a thing as a dryer for them? I just want whatever was cheap. But my point is. I wouldn't ask stupid, you know, a stupid question like, what's a good dryer? Because I'm going to get, I'm going to get a, the problem that, that questions like this have, like if I was to ask you, ready, I'm going to ask you, what's a good guitar? Yeah. Then you have to ask me. <laughs> I'm asking you right now. Go ahead. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's a good guitar? A GNL for, for electrics and a Siegel for acoustics. There you go. G- a GNL S500, right? And you're going to say a Seagull for acoustic. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to answer? Well, you know, I'd probably get a Gibson. I might have <laughs> get a better. Oh, but that's I'll true. tell you right now, when it comes to acoustics, there's nothing better than a Gibson. I'm probably going to say that because I want confirmation bias from you. Oh, man, that's what I was thinking too. You know? Just saying. I mean, look, look, it's, not, it's not invalid to ask
1: those questions. Like, honestly, I watch your rant video. I'm like, I understand people getting annoyed with it. And I understand people who ask the question, too. Like, there are definitely times where I'm asking my wife, like, what color looks better here? And it's just because I want I want extra input. And it's partially because, like, when I play guitar on stage, I kind of think about, like, what people look at me and what color looks best on me or, for, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it happens, but there's a big difference between like not providing any context and saying what color less Paul should I get and providing context. Like I got to go on stage and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So
0: it's about context. Right. It, it is about context. Now, if you said, you know what? Normally I wear blue clothes or blue blue jeans and black shirts when I go on stage. What color do you think would be best offset for that or um i want a color that blends what do I mean, you think would be it's best a,
1: I, I let's be real <laughs> though that would be a really weird question to ask in a guitar form but like at least it would make more sense i huh. mean it's okay to yeah. i i don't think most men are comfortable asking for fashion advice but you know that's the right. thing
0: and- i'm yeah or i'm six feet tall um and i've got um you know uh, it, what 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 Gibson would would suit me best for you know this type of thing or whatever I mean at that point because I don't know if you've ever seen that three three five on me but it goes from here to here <laughs> oh they don't like, fit well on me either so don't don't feel bad I I don't think anybody but maybe Greg Cock <laughs> three three five and maybe Charlie Daniels used to be able to yeah um but you know you you see my point I mean if you said to me what's the best amp or, what's the best guitar pedal? Or, what's the, you know, I'm, I'm playing metal. What's the best guitar pedal? What amp do you have? What guitar do you have? What's your, you know, what kind of metal? What's the, see what I mean? I just think there's a, always I contact. Did, well, but
1: you know what? When, when people say stuff like that, they're showing you they don't know much about it. And yeah. that would be, and that's like I run into it in the Mesa Boogie group all the time. There was a guy in there the other day saying, I'm buying my first amp and I want it to be a Mesa Boogie. And I'm going, what? Um, but I'm I'm like looking at these conversations, and I'm thinking to myself like, and then they and then they go on to say, "What's the best Mesa Boogie?" And I'm like, I respond and I go, "What do you want to play with it?" <laughs> because right. they, they don't realize they don't have any context for this. Like they don't know that you know and the, that, that it's there's it's not a good, better, best thing.
0: It's a purpose built thing, um, and that's what I and that's what I said in the video. I said it that it's about putting context around it so that the answer that's provided is is an answer that works and is and is informative because I hate to give an answer and then the person goes man you're an idiot that's wrong because I gave an answer based on what ether nothing yeah um uh you know um I think. I think it'd be probably a good idea to put together like a little series of where we talk about like um decisions of where does a Les Paul fit where does a 335 fit cuz there's there's already somebody who put together a short history of them but what You know what, I I actually
1: don't want to get into that with the classics because I kind of feel like um this could be a good final I, thought. I kind of feel like those things have so many places that they fit into, and I th- and I think that they're so classic that you can like people are like, oh, you can't play metal on a strat. Bullshit. People do it all the time. Um, Adrian Murray proves that. Well, yeah, even even strats <laughs> with single coil pickups can be played in metal if you're if you're you know if you know what you're doing. And yeah. Inve like, Malmsteen, that's all he plays, and you can't tell me that's not metal um and like i it, it, it just boggles my mind people are like but but there are definitely guitars that are genre specific like you're not going to play an f series uh esp ltd outside of metal i mean that's just not going to be a thing
0: um, no i'm just talking about i'm not talking about genre specific stuff i'm talking more about how it what is it about the voice of a les paul you know what i mean or what is it about the voice of a, yeah, of but, even a that,
1: but even that's and- like a really subjective thing because especially on classic instruments because they get so modified and even the ones from the fifties and sixties were so they had so much variation, like I really don't feel like you can define you know, people like, oh, the fifty nine sound like this. Every freaking fifty nine I've ever heard on record sounds different. There's a spec it's a wide spectrum too. Because there's some that sound like strats and there are some that sound like like telecasters. I mean, and there's Mm -hmm. some that sound like like 335s and, uh, you know, old Gibson jazz boxes and stuff. And it's like, you really can't, you really can't do that. Now I can, you can say generally you can pigeonhole something and say, well, you know, it's kind of this. Um, Kind of. And I just, my fear in that is that people will take that out of context, but also kind of like dictate what their modern buying choices are based on it. And I would rather people just go pick up and play and find what works for you. Uh, I mean, I've yeah, had to go through we, that so many times, but like well we i wouldn't be where I am if i didn't
0: we're in a we're in a um we're in a place we've never been so it, in the um, a bunch of people are given ha- getting handed a pile of money, right? Yeah. When, you ta- when you were talking about when you were talking about the person that said, "Hey, I'm I'm buying my first amp, and it's going to be a Mesa Boogie." Yeah, I bet you if that person didn't have a fourteen hundred dollar check burning hole in her pocket or a twenty eight hundred dollar check in their pocket, or, or yeah, in whatever their pocket, their pocket whatever, is, yeah. And going, oh, I can I can buy the best anyway. And hey, why not buy the best? Why would if you had. Fifty thousand dollars, you're going to buy a car. Would you buy a Chevette or would you buy a, you know, a, a Corvette? I mean, what, I'd probably you know, buy a pair. Be? I'd probably buy a pair of Hondas. Well, <laughs> because you see what I, yeah, you see where I'm going. With but but I'm I, I I would so, too. But I'm right. practical. I, I like I like Honda myself. You wouldn't you um, would you would buy a pair of
1: a uh, pair of diesel? Oh, uh, No.
0: no. <laughs> um, but I can see the government telling me, I want you to sell that. We're going to give you uh, money to sell it in the, f- in the near future. Um, so I can see getting a little tax break for selling that off and buying myself an electric vehicle. Um, so anyway, uh, what I was getting at though, is this, is that, that um, there is uh, uh, definitely a group of people who are, who are able to go and shell out the money for guitar. I walked in a guitar center today And I've never seen it as barren. Remember the COVID thing and all the COVID and bankruptcy. It is right now. It's barren, and they cannot get stuff in long enough before it goes out the door. And the fact is that stuff that I watched them. I was standing there, and I watched them sell. They they just kept going upstairs, getting boxes of stuff that wasn't even on the the floor yet, and had time to break it out yeah yeah i want that i want that katana mark Four 500 i want that marshall dsl 40c i want that um you know that martin um uh can, whatever can we uh can we there's one
1: other thing i want to bring up something actually happened while we we're on the show i get my phone the finger everybody saw it um i'm gonna end the mystery right here you're, you're this is directly relevant to what you're saying yeah so guitar center is like having trouble keeping stuff in stock obviously yep Yep. big surprise right it's 20, It's 2021 and the world still sucks and we're still getting stimulus checks from the government which by the way yep. it's like you're stimulating the economy but mm, you're gonna have to pay some of that back at some point um, yep. I got a message on reverb because I have items up on reverb and this just ground my gears really bad but, but basically because reverb is things are moving on reverb I listed five pedals I think I sold two mm-hmm. of them almost instantly yeah um which, okay, I'm looking to see, wait a minute. All right, so only two have sold. I got an offer during the episode um, of $80 for a pedal that's worth 100, which is no big deal, but I've, but I've already had two other offers on this pedal for 60 bucks. One for 40 and one for 60. I'm like, go away, go pound sand. Number one, right. I know that I have one of the only ones on Reverb right now, and you don't like that, and you think they're worth this, well, I got news for you. They ain't worth half of the of the new value of the item. So, so you can just piss off. Um, right. So anyway, I, I I declined this, but I get this other one from this guy for 80 bucks and $12 shipping. I didn't respond to him because the episode, we're doing the episode right now. He writes me a message and he says, I, I really kind of want to out this person, but I'm not going to. He writes me a message and he says, I am rescinding my offer, which you cannot do on Reverb. Because someone else accepted my offer in in uh, before you did, I could sit I could click accept and he'd be obligated yep. to pay me, yeah, because your dumbass can't read the terms and conditions because you got money burning a hole in your pocket. you had to offer it to somebody else at the same time. like yep. do you know how to use eBay? You can't do that. once you click, I agree to put I agree to these terms and conditions and to pay. That's right. You have to wait for that offer, it's, which can take up to 48 hours. It uh, even says it right on I thought there. it was 24 hours. But anyway, um uh, maybe, maybe it, I believe it's 24 hours. I thought it was forty-eight. But but, but you you click <laughs> a checkbox saying I agree to pay. And right. this guy's like, Well, I'm rescinding my offer. I said, Okay. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, what a jackass. And it's yeah. just this is like this is what reverb's like right now. Because yeah. <laughs> COVID's going on. Yeah. Like people are well, just oh I got a <clears throat> stimulus check I got to buy all this gear right now. By the way, used. my looper and all this stuff, my stimulus check is in the bank. I am not spending Ooh. that money. Okay, let, let's let be real here. I got to buy a house, so that's where that's gonna go. So I'm used just looking at the situation going. These people are nuts.
0: Used gear is going for as much as new right now. It is. There is there is stuff. I am like you've got to be pulling my leg. Yeah, well, that's because there's a bunch of them on reverb. But <clears throat> the point is, I'm looking at reverb and I'm going, "You have got to be kidding me!" There is that. There are that many used items I, I, um, uh, going. And then I look, and I can literally drive to Guitar Center right now. I can understand it if there's none. Like you go to Sweetwater, you're smart. You go to Sweetwater. More on the way. Guitar Center back order. You know, you do, you do your ZZ sounds, not in the stock. You do your due diligence, but when it's, when it's in the store everywhere, you're only giving me a $5 discount, blow it out your ass. Blow I, it I, out I, your ass. Seriously. Well, you want to find out if those,
1: uh, if you want to find out if those, um, uh, are selling, go look right now and see if they're in stock somewhere. I mean, they're honestly, stock I mean, uh, yeah, that's my point. Like the acoustasonic tellies and Strats are in stock everywhere. They got a surplus yeah. of them. Nobody's buying them. I don't care what yeah. people say in forums. I don't care what people say in groups. No one is buying the fucking things. Stop believing the shill. Stop believing in- the people that are buying into it because they lust after it.
0: If you're not actually buying them, they're not successful. Yep. <laughs> well, guess what? Every single color of the Stratocaster um, is in stock at... Uh, what about Telecaster? Um, Sweetwater. Uh, hold on. I'll check the Telecaster next. So that's the Stratocaster. All right. Now let's go back. Whoops. I'll just go back to the uh, here. And I'll pull up the Stratocaster. Because that's – or Telecaster. That's the one that came out first, right? <clears throat> in stock, matte black. Um. In st- um, nope more on order oh that's a lefty I can understand that uh for the natural lefty in stock uh sunburst um in stock <laughs> translucent gray and the only one out of stock is the telecaster in surf green that's a which of is the, all of
1: them. which I think is the newest one and it's been really really popular.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably the most popular as far as the colors go other than the well they say the the exotic woods um, and so that just tells you that in all reality um, that the uh, I guess
1: what either they're able to make a bunch of these and they're sitting on thousands of them or nobody's buying them. Because right now, with the stimulus money going out the door, I can tell you, shit is unavailable, period. I am waiting on an amplifier I ordered in December, which was supposed to be here in February. It is now March, and I have been told it will not arrive until April. So, you think people are not spending money on big-ticket items? You are mistaken. They are not spending money on (laughs) Acoustasonics. That is what I, that is what I apposite here. (laughs) That's my hypothesis.
0: Yeah. So I, I agree 100%. And that's the, that's the key. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, my biggest thing is I cannot pe- believe what people are asking for used gear. And um, uh, uh, Phil McKnight, <clears throat> he couldn't believe it. He reached out to a guy who was looking for a certain, I want to say it was GNL, reached out to a person. Asked uh if they would sell it for a little bit less. Person wouldn't budge in the price. Called a store that had it on reverb. Said, hey, I see you guys got these in stock. Would you take this? Yes. And they they went down from yeah. that number. Um, and sold the guitar to him. And he paid with ship with free shipping. Mm-hmm. The person that, – and that's the problem with Reverb that n- that people aren't getting. Oh, by the way, uh, for those who don't know, eBay's prices have gone up or going I, up. I think Reverb is about to go up too.
1: Somebody was <coughs> yeah. indicating the other day that, that they think a price hike is imminent.
0: Yeah. So if you look, if, if, if you think about it, I mean I understand that you're taking – you, the seller, is taking a little bit of a hit um, on Reverb, right? Uh, because you're taking that 5% loss. Um, but, but that said that, um, that still doesn't make up for what, you know, people are asking for, for, for numbers. But, um, here's the thing that, here's the thing that, that it kills me. So if I buy through reverb and I buy from you, let's say you're, you're selling, uh, something for $1,200, right? And I go to and it's $1,300 one. I get a 45 day return policy. Two, I get a warranty. And three, <clears throat> probably most importantly, I'm gonna get free shipping. You've got a hundred and something dollars in shipping. Yeah, yeah. Well that's where I'm going.
1: I think a lot of people right now who are selling things on reverb are first time sellers too. And I think you're seeing a lot of people who think that their stuff is worth way more than it is because they're trying to clear out money so they can get they can get that big item that they want with their stimulus yeah. check plus.
0: Well, yeah, and 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 um, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of these items are people who bought something have got uh, what do you call it when you when you regret what is that? Uh, there's remorse. a certain regret. Buyer's remorse. Thank you. They've got some buyer's remorse. It's brand on new. It. I never even used it. Oh, I've only got three hours of use on it. Smoke free home. I can't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much smoke-free stuff I've gotten that is clearly bad smoke all
0: over it. Yeah, smoke-free home, my ass. Yeah, smoke-free um, smoke after I took it out of the house. And what's worse is the Facebook ones. I'll see these Facebook ones, and it and it's no returns. You're kidding me? You want me to pay premium price? You've got a no-return policy, and you want shipping, and you want to charge me what's new? I've got one word for you. Two words, fuck off. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, so you really don't have much choice in terms of selling selling gear now, because I mean, like nobody does Craigslist anymore. I can't sell shit on Craigslist because every time I do, I get fifty spam emails from yeah. people, you know, looking to sell me hookers or whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. And then uh, if you if you were to like use Facebook Marketplace. I have had very mixed results getting getting the price stuff is worth on Facebook marketplace um, right. I had people i had to I had to respond to somebody in a foreign language the other day because somebody was trying to buy a camera from me and I'm like, listen this ain't worth my time like if you're gonna and I, I got through i had like ten ten or twelve messages back and forth where I was using Google Translate and uh, I could speak a little bit of their language anyway so I was like, okay. I can I can at least figure out what they're talking about. Anyway, we go back and forth and uh, we get ten, 10 messages in. And then they're like, can you do $100 less than what you're asking? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I just said, I'm sorry, the item is not for sale anymore. <laughs> just, just, just go to hell. Like, seriously? No, I won't sell it to you at all. Because you're clearly just trying to scam people and just acting like a jerk. Here, you are not able to speak my language, responding to a post, obviously not written in your language, selling an item. And you're telling me that I want to take $100 less for it. No, this is not how we negotiate. You want to to be fair and reasonable, we'll talk. Um, And I ended up actually getting basically what I wanted for it, um,
0: to somebody who drove a good 45 minutes to get it. So I was like... Whatever. Yeah, you can you can sell things right now in short order if you put things at a at, at a price point that's going to sell.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and that, no, that and that's that's another thing. Like, but I don't I don't recommend our listeners throw away things either unless they're just trying to get rid of them. Um, oh no! no,
0: no unless you're not.
1: hard up for money, that's when you price things to sell like that. Otherwise, sit on them for a while. I mean, I've I've <laughs> waited. Dude, what was that one guitar I sold? that I waited like three months for it to sell. And it was, oh, it was painstaking yeah, but I was like okay. That was that one didn't didn't you sell that Ibanez or something? Yeah, it was that Ibanez turd. Holy <laughs> crap! That was the worst guitar ever. What a piece of shit! <laughs> I sold it to somebody for parts. I basically said you're not going to want to use the guitar. It's it's mine for parts though. <laughs> it's it's like, garbage. Yeah, it's got parts in it. You might you might want the part. I actually listed as parts, um, but. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a piece of junk. Anyway, uh, I think we should wrap this up. I've been David. Yep, I've been Jim. And tonight we've been practical guitarists. Cue the music.